Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Oh, do me a favour. Blooming Monday morning again. Where did the weekend go? It just vanishes. You know, you finish work on the Friday and you go, oh, the weekend, and then you get Saturday and then Sunday and then you're back to work again. Actually, Telefib, I'm back into work on the on the Sunday, which I love. I love doing Sunday because it's quite nice because afterwards we go for a walk, which is sort of not the highlight of my weekend. It was it was pretty close to it this weekend, though, because uh, Regent's Park was buzzing. I mean, buzzing with people, people and dogs. People, dogs and police officers. So I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, the Queen has now been dragged into this £10 million offshore tax row. Bono's in on it as well. Apparently money that's been invested in something. Uh, the Million Mask March. Well, that was a bit feeble, wasn't it? Obviously too cold for the little lovies to come out and do anything. Brr, brr. Two people got arrested. One because they were stupid and the other one because they're even more stupid. And so I think it was less than 300 people. Million Mask March. Do me a favour. Just a bunch of... I love the way people go, I'm an anarchist. I'm an anarchist. You go, oh, are you, Diddums? Oh, how sweet. Most of them seem to be from abroad, which seems to sort of, you know, harbour people like this. There were a couple of Italians interviewed in the paper. They're over here to sort of protect... What has got to do with you? Mind your own business. Stick your beaky nose somewhere else. All right, we've got our own problems. Thank you very much indeed. Jenny McAlpine from Coronation Street is uh, going to sign up. Yeah? Uh, sign up for I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Apparently, according to the uh, the rumours which, again, of course, is rubbish. They've been after her for years. What for? She's one of the dreariest characters in Coronation Street. She was a has-been years ago. What's the point? After a fee, you could have got over 20 quid. God, you look ill. What's the matter with you? You got a cold? You got a... Don't you dare come in here this morning. Don't you dare. I've had a flu jab. I'm all right. The Australians got a cold this morning. So, of course, we're going to milk it. Do you remember that advert on the television? You're right, Matt. Yeah, of course you can, Malcolm. Oh, mum. Because all people with colds talk like that. Because they all sort of suffer. But I've had a flu jab, so I've just realised you can't infect me. You can't infect me. You're going to have a blooming good try, are you? Yeah, I thought you might. Evil person. We were right to deport you years ago. The sooner we got you on that blooming boat with all the other convicts, the happier we were when we shall be out there. So anyway, yesterday I finished. And um, you know that we always walk a friend of mine's dog, Darren, used to be the gadget guru on LBC. And we walk his dog in Regent's Park. Bless it, the thing's on its last legs. But it's been on its last legs for the past year. This thing was not supposed to live beyond a few weeks. So every week when we take the dog out, we're always expecting it. to. I mean, it has just dropped on a few occasions where it's just standing there. And then obviously something happens. Not like us, where we sort of work up to it and go, oh, I don't feel very well. And then we fall over. Uh, in this particular case, the dog just falls over and starts shaking. And so we sort of, you know, rub it and get it back together again. Because uh, I think it's got kidney failure. It's gone deaf. It's going blind, and but it still enjoys the walk around Regent's Park. So we're going around Regent's Park yesterday, and you get lots of people with their dogs, and some are boisterous and some are not boisterous, and, and dogs always want to chat to other dogs. About what? I've got no idea. And then we encounter these two Labradors, two black labs, and... Oh, there's a picture. There's a picture. There, there, there's one of them which is about to attack me. I tweeted it yesterday. This thing is nine months old. This, this, this dog is nine months old, and uh, we encountered him with his owner and another dog with her owner as well in Regent's Park yesterday. And they're bomb dogs. They are trained to sniff out... I love the, I love the way you're looking at it, like, does it, does it say bomb dog? No. But they're very boy... He's, he's nine months old. He's actually being trained now, and he's going to live with his handler, who used to live in Twickenham, 
And as we were talking about the dogs, and Darren's dog sort of doesn't do a lot, these dogs are jumping. I've got marks on my coat. Seriously, I might have to claim off the Metropolitan Police for dogs jumping up at me. And they jump. They jump quite, you know, at nine months old, you, you tend to forget they're very, very boisterous, very lovely. And so we had a chat, and then, then the guy says to me, says, um, I recognise your voice, you know, which you generally get if somebody has listened to this programme. <laughs> Either a couple of times they'll go, I recognise your voice. And so uh, I said, you might have done. And the lady says, I recognise your voice too. It turns out they're both listeners. They were both listening yesterday morning. Uh, the guy in question... Uh, his parents live in Twickenham, and so every time I talk about Twickenham and Sandys, they know exactly where it is. And uh, we were sort of reminiscing. He now lives at Ashford in Middlesex, but uh, he looks after a bomb dog. And so that dog goes out there, and they take them out for exercise in, in Regent's Park. So we had a really nice... Seriously, we had such a nice time talking to them. So we had a picture taken, and we put it up on Twitter. And it was liked by a lot of people very, very quickly, including James O'Brien trying to muscle in on my Metropolitan... And then all of a sudden the Metropolitan Police start following me. So I've obviously got something. But it was really nice, actually, because I'd never, I'd never seen a bomb dog before. They all do different things. You get money dogs, bomb dogs, drug dogs... Do- what? Oh, who's laughing at me? Um, and you get all sorts of different dogs. But this was a bomb dog, so he's trained to sniff out explosives, which is, you know... Very worthwhile. It was it was very nice. And Regent's Park was looking lovely. We tweeted a lovely picture of the lake and went, you know, the park's looking lovely. This morning. Well, actually, we didn't say the park. We tried to pretend it was the estate. We said the estate's looking... Because it must be... I mean, I think only the Queen has got a bigger lake in her back garden. I'll tell a lie, actually. My Auntie Enid's care home, because she was out watering the lawn about ten times a night, and she was... Uh, she would sprinkle anywhere. And so they've ended up with a small lake at the back of the care home. But this was lovely. You know when you meet people in Regent's Park? We've seen everybody there. Peter Mandelson, Mary Portus. We've seen tons of people in Regent's Park. They've also seen Steve Allen. And, uh, and a dog that might not be here for Christmas. Because we were... I know, it sounds awful. We were saying, in fact, to the, uh, to, to the guys yesterday, they said, how old's the, the dog? And um, we said, well, she's very, very old. She's about 99, I think, now, which is fairly old in, in doggy years. But it was nice. Regent's Park full. And they had a run there yesterday. And I, I did my usual thing. I'm, I'm such a laugh, honestly. I go out and they've got a thing where you walk through. That's where all the runners run through and they photograph everybody. And as we go through, there's just two of us and the dog. And there's a bloke getting it all lined up. I said, um, I said are, are we too early for the race? I said, do you want to time us from now? And we'll see how long it takes us to get. Because I think it was a seven kilometre run. Which sounds like a hell of a lot of running, doesn't it? Why would you want to run for seven kilometres? But they do. But the, but the people who run do it and are very dedicated. I I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. I wouldn't have any inclination to do that. Who wants to be a runner? They're so boring. Have you ever talked to runners? All they do is run. All they do is run. Thomas. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Tom. Thomas Watts. He he runs. Thomas Watts. And Tom Waters runs. All the TWs in this place, isn't it? Have you noticed? Yeah, they both run, but uh, Tom, Tom Watts, Thomas Waters, the producer, he he some Waters. He sometimes I can't get it right. I mean, the other week I called Simon Conway, Simon Cowell again. He only tweets it, like you know, he's done it four times now, and it's just you know sometimes because I'm doing a fast-moving program, I'm thinking I just couldn't. I got it wrong. I looked at it and I didn't see. I didn't see Cowl, I just saw C-O, and I just automatically assumed Cowl. So I haven't said anything to him because I didn't hang around on Friday. But I should really, perhaps I should, you know, apologise or something. But then I thought, sod it. 
Not my blooming fault. I'm a speech presenter. I can't get everything right. Occasionally, I'm entitled to make a mistake. You know. Yeah, he's my sworn enemy, OK? We just hate each other and all the rest of it. But I just... I, I couldn't... When I actually said it, I tried to correct it at the same time, and it just came out as a garbled mess. So if you do hear me referring to him as Simon Cowell, just accept the fact that it's not done, you know, with any malice. <laughs> just can't help it. Now I've got it in a, as a mindset. I'm kind of stuck with seeing the name Cowell. I don't know what he's complaining about. Simon Cowell is, you know, a nice person. He's very rich. He falls downstairs, so at least I've got something in common with him, even though I haven't got any stairs. And, um, and so that was last week. Uh, the weekend was not cold. Cold at the weekend. Very cold at the week. Cold at the weekend. Colder this week. Really, really cold this week. I think it's going to be down to about... Well, they've said between minus 6 and minus 13. So if you've got a cold at the moment, you're going to really, really suffer. Um, <laughs> we're going to suffer badly this week. Because it's not much fun. Do you know I've still not put my heating on at home? I'm a, I've lasted all this time, and I've discovered a trick. Come closer. Uh, if you if you go to bed and you leave your socks on, which some people do because cold feet are a thing, take one sock off and just go to bed with... I know you're going to think this is really stupid. Go to bed with one sock on, and I promise you, the the foot without the sock thinks it's got a sock on, and it becomes as warm as the other foot with the sock on. It's, I mean, it, it really works. I did it last night. I took one sock off because I quite like a cold foot because I can move it about my body. And sometimes I just slide it up my leg. And, you know, the, I, I slide one leg up the other. Because sometimes I'm doing ballerina figuration in, in bed. I know it's slightly odd, but, you know, keeps me happy. And, um, and so, consequently, uh, try it. Take off one, one sock and I promise you, you'll, you'll rub the feet together and you'll think that you've got a pair of socks on. You, you seriously try it. Honestly, I couldn't believe it either. I thought that's another brilliant thing. Warren is full of cold. He said sore throat, headache, cough, can't breathe and all the rest of it. It's, are you going? Lovely to work with you. Just stay well away. If he comes anywhere near this door, I'm going to be hitting him. I can tell. <laughs> You've been stuck with him all night. Oh, you'll be down with it tomorrow. He's coming. I can't believe he's actually walking in. He, no, he's not. I t don't, you, don't, don't you blow in here. <laughs> Yes, he's, exactly. He's going back to Australia. I've decided he can go with Simon Cowell. <laughs> Everybody can go with Simon Cowell. It'd be so much easier, wouldn't it? Do you remember that sketch years ago? And they said, oh, it, I think it was in Australia. They said, oh, what, 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 what's your name, Bruce? And he went, oh, it's Robin. They went, no, we have to call you Bruce. Everybody's called Bruce. And I think that's roughly the same here. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um... Another one here says, uh, I didn't go to the firework display this year. It's so cold, watch. It's actually, it, it was cold. Actually, there was that firework display at a hotel where the fireworks headed off into the crowd. 14 people were injured. So proving, as far as I'm concerned, that, you know, even if you go to a big display organised by somebody, there is just as much risk of getting damaged as, uh, as there is if you let off fireworks in your own back garden. Uh, Warren says, but why wouldn't you keep both socks on anyway? Um, I'd, I've got bad circulation in my feet to add to all the other problems I've got. and uh, so, But I've discovered taking one sock off works. Listen, don't take my word for it. Try it. If you're in bed this morning and you've got two socks on, people wear bed socks. They do make bed socks. They're slightly thicker and it's to keep your feet warm. It's like having a hot water bottle. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll talk about the barman who says Kevin Spacey groped him. 
Uh, also, the uh, hubby of the drug rat holiday Brit is already married. Remember, the woman went out to um, Egypt with all these tablets for what she thought was her husband or boyfriend. Turns out he's already married. He's already married, so something's wrong here. Uh, also, The Price is Right is coming back. It's going to be on Channel 4 with Alan Carr. God help us. I mean, why... Oh, come, oh dear, come and find somebody butcher to do it. The poinsettia that'll bring you a pink Christmas. It's a pink poinsettia, which is lovely. Uh, Christine Lampard. Hi, you. Buys toys for Frank's children at the pound shop. Hi, you. I'm so tight. <laughs> Uh, also, romantic Lisa Armstrong is still in love with Aunt McPartland. Yes, uh, there's no truth in the rumours. Uh, Maddie, snatched by a fat child trafficker. Who says so? It's another barking mad psychic. She's helped the police in the past. Yeah, nothing to do with psychic. She's just helped the police in the past. What do they come up with this for all these years later? What are you doing? Sitting there, dear, staring at your crystal balls? Uh, the gunman in Texas... Kills 26 people, well, 25 people, and then apparently kills himself. We're not, we're not sure if he did or whether he was shot by the police. But uh, anyway, so that's, you know, as, as one of the churchgoers said, you know, a little church in Texas. You think things like this only happen in the big cities. No, it can happen in Texas. So, you know, 25 families devastated by, and it's everybody from children and everything else, another mad person who goes out there and destroys people's lives. Uh, there's also, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, Boris Becker says he's not broke. And uh, the Princess Beatrice story. What is it with that family? They all hang around with the wrong people. Fergie, mother, gets her toes sucked and is basically a bit of a disaster. Andrew hangs around with, let's just say, people of dubious character. You know, and Beatrice and Eugene, eh? You know, two of the dreariest children. Now, Beatrice, her pal, uh, the husband of her pal... Is, uh, is linked with drugs and five grand a night call girls. So they've decided they don't want to do so. They were sort of trying... It's another one of these odd stories. Don't they know who to hang around with? Or are they just so simple that they, they're, the whole family is a disaster? I mean, they really are the oddballs of that family, aren't they? They really are. Uh, also, why can some people eat as much as they want and not put on weight? And uh, the Bananarama star, Karen Woodward, I think, and Wham's Andrew Ridgely have split yet again. They've been together... Got married, and then they split, then got back together, and now they've split. So uh, they're not going to be together anymore. And the British ex-wife of a top-ranking ISIS terrorist says she only had children to raise them as terrorists. You stupid old woman. You stupid, stupid person. Stupid, honestly, but straight to hell for you, I think. Oh, and Gemma Collins had a picture taken of her looking glam. Fern McCann's had a baby, rivetingly dull. And, um, oh, it's Gemma Collins that was airbrushed in this picture. All, all the people going, oh, oh my, OMG, you look gorgeous. She's never looked gorgeous. Unfortunately, opens her mouth the same five-year-old that she was the other week. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's amazing, isn't it? The, uh, the, the, the sort of the level of corruption in Saudi Arabia now. If the current ruler has uh, had arrested 12 princes, you'd think they'd have enough to do, wouldn't you, really, with sort of, you know, spending the money. Uh, and sort of enjoying everything. And now, you know, corruption. Imagine it's like being here in Parliament, isn't it? I mean, now you've got people who you thought were sort of... I don't know why we would think that they were any different from us. I suppose it's like believing that the royal family have got blue blood. You know, if if you look at MPs, you think, well, they wouldn't be... <laughs> Listen, they're currently making a programme about Jeremy Thorpe, the former leader of the uh, of the Liberals. 
who was uh, involved in Rent Boys and things like that. There are all sorts of things going on. I mean, it's, it's, it seems to be quite normal nowadays. I begin to wonder how many more people we're going to sort of find inside Westminster who've been involved. I mean, so far, it seems mainly uh, women who have been the accusers. And uh, there's been a couple of, of male accusers. And I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there must be loads and loads of people. You know, some of these people will turn out to be genuine and some of these people will turn out to be fantasists. It's the way it works. You don't automatically get loads and loads of people telling the truth at the same time. You know, you're you're going to get some people who fantasised over something or they've just decided to do it in the same way that people lied about the Grenfell Tower fire. You know, I lost my wife and children. No, you didn't. You know, now the other day we had cases of looting and with stories in some papers saying it's a fireman who's been suspended. And you think, no, no, not a fireman. That's like taking it to the very top of the tree, isn't it? And saying that the people who are there to help, because they said that the only person who could have thieved this was somebody who was actually allowed into the building. You can't just wander around in a building that's been on fire because there's all sorts of safety issues. So they said it had to be somebody. And then it turned out they said to be a fireman, which I thought was, I mean... You know, these people lay their lives on the line. You don't expect somebody to thieve, do you? But does it come down to, if if I was walking through Regent's Park yesterday and I found a bag and I picked it up and put it in a carrier bag, got it back to the car, opened it up and it was bundles of £50 notes, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? I mean, I know if you nick it from a bank and they put it in a a bag, it's going to cover it with uh, smart water. When you open the bag, it's going to cover it. And so, you know, you'll never be able to pass the notes because they're going to find it dead easy. And so I begin to wonder, actually, you know, whether or not we would all be honest. I would like to think we'd be honest, but I suspect that probably a lot of people wouldn't be. You find a... I mean, legally, you're supposed to hand it into the police. But, of course, I mean, illegally, there'd be loads of people going, oh, well, I think I'll, um, I'll just take one of these out. It's like people, you know, you find some money, you take a little bit out, or you find a purse or a wallet, and they open it up, see there's some money, and they take it... If I lost my wallet... There'd be some money in it. Somebody would take the money out. They're not interested in the other stuff. They don't need it. They've got money in there, haven't they? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Dean says, you must be very well insulated if you not put your heating on. Yeah, very well insulated. Not just me. The uh, the apartment is as well. Uh, and somebody says, re-sniffer dogs. They even have dogs that sniff out suspicious dogs now. I know. I've seen Towie. And, um, and there's a few on there. Some very suspicious dogs, aren't there? Uh, Mark says, to keep warm in bed at night in winter, I recommend wearing a beanie hat, although I wouldn't be seen dead wearing it in public. Oh, God, your place must be freezing if you're wearing a hat in bed. I've got a fan in the bedroom. And they're not being allowed out. Not at the moment, anyway. Uh, and says, thank you for the uh, for the sock info in the summer. You taught us to stick a whole leg out into the big wide world. The sock thing I thought was quite clever, and he discovered it this morning. I was very impressed by it. Uh, Mark says, keeping a cool house is a good idea. It also makes you lose weight. I wish. I wish, and Jackie in Feltham says, uh, in Bentall's Christmas department, they've got Brussels sprout Christmas decorations and baubles that say Merry Sproutmas. Well, I think that's, I think that's awful. You can't say Merry Sproutmas. That's almost heresy. People should be drummed out of the brownies for that one, I think. I don't know. I can't remember how I'm supposed to, uh, wait a minute, I have to, oh, right, I found it. I've, I'm, we, we, we've changed the system here. And I, uh, I try and I'm, I'm not very good at... I've just remembered how I can move different things. Uh, Sally Scouser says, going through my old papers from my parents' loft and found my membership of the Radio Caroline Club. Where do the years go? I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. I'm as, I'm as horrified as the next person. It only seems to me that we were back in January 
and February and March, and here we are, we're in November, and we're racing through November, racing through November, and then we're into December, and then before you know where we are, Christmas. Seriously, I mean, it, I, I just, I don't know where the time goes, and I think I might be uh, right, uh, Scally Scouser, I might be right in saying that the older you get, the faster it goes. Because I'm sure when I was younger, Christmas lasted forever. And then we all waited until somebody would say, it's snowing. And you'd go and you'd rush to the window, wouldn't you? And then you'd have to open the back door to confirm that what you'd seen through the window was what exactly was happening in the garden. It uh, says here, I'm now proud to be a member of your spike club. Um, And says here, um, uh, in bed with one sock and one glove. That works too. That's the the, the I'm, I tell you I'm I'm really impressed with the with the one sock thing, really impressed with it. But uh, there you go. If you are uh, joining us for the first time this morning, you are a proud member of the Spike Club. That means basically that you're part of a big spike. That means that more people tune in at four o'clock in the morning to LBC than anything else, than anything else. Every other radio, st- I think there's only one other radio station that uh, that beats me. Just one radio station. The rest of it all me. All me. I don't know why. I'm as surprised as the next person, you know, but it is. It's all me, I promise you. Uh, Boris Becker says he might appear to be broke, but he's not. He can afford to pay the staff. He's got endorsements coming up in all different countries. And so he's uh, he's fine. Also, I've got the decorated glasses that could poison you. And somebody's going to have a very nice Christmas because they've just come forward to Camelot to claim twenty five million pounds. I'm so happy for them. I couldn't be happier. Do you imagine that? Just coming up to Christmas. You know, that's really going to... Ch- I wonder if you could get a house. You know, yeah. Just, yeah, tell him it's my brother. Yeah, my brother's wife. No, don't say that. He'll think it's a legally binding contract. I find myself in court. I could be out on the street by Christmas. Well, you told me. You told me I'd won. <laughs> 10 million quid. If I won 25 million, he wouldn't get 10 million. Absolutely not a not a cat in 80s chance. You might get one million. Have you noticed how I adjusted according to how I'm feeling at the time? Which is a bit naughty, I realise. But uh, no, trees are going up. Uh, down in, in Twickenham, already Sandy's leading the pack. The fish shop have already got half of their Christmas stuff out. Apparently they're going to have some curtain above the shop. Now, every year it's white, but I have a feeling this year Stuart might have something... Uh, something in in surprise for us. I don't know what. I don't know what. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see what it is. I thought he was going to have red, white and blue lights on it. Or lights that change colour or something. I don't know. He's obviously got something... Some, some, something up his sleeve. Which is always nice. He always has... He's got penguins out there. And I think there's a deer there at the moment. You've seen the size of the penguins have got outside the shop. They're like five foot tall. These things are huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, there's also um, the CPS probing on Damien Green's extreme porn. Would I be correct in saying that there's probably quite a lot of MPs who have accessed porn? Would I, would I, would I think that as well? And uh, <laughs> also, um, what was the other one I like? Oh, yes, the, the other one. Um, the 181 children in just one class at a school in Manchester. 181 children. How is that possible? How big are their classrooms? I don't mean big in size, you know, of, of how many people there are. How do they find a room big enough? That's the school hall, isn't it? Lovely. Uh, uh, Steve, great idea about the sock. But is said sock now in the bin? Yes. Yes. Uh, somebody says, have you ever thought of voice coaching? That way, when you finish in the studio with your own voice, you could move around outside talking free. Which accent would you choose? 
I would carry on with the same one. I'm just always amazed that people who listen to the programme can spot my voice outside. You do get that. So the, the, the socks, incidentally, now they last twice as long. Because I can, I can put, put them on for bed as, as bed socks. Then they do get thrown out. They do get thrown out after that. I've got great difficulty at the moment. I must move around a lot in bed. I must be quite athletic. Because I keep the, um, the fitted sheet keeps disentangling itself from the corner of the bed. So I end up sort of practically wrapped in what can only be described as a shroud. It's all very worrying. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday morning. I'm sorry the weekend was short. I'm sorry it was marred by cold weather. I'm sorry it was marred by rain. Uh, but we did have the London to Brighton car run. Apparently there was a, an accident in it, and I think a few people were taken to hospital. A few people were taken to hospital after some firework display at a hotel that went horribly wrong when the fireworks started taking off into the crowd. One woman said it hit her in the face. I thought, what, a live firework? She said, and, and she had to be treated with some ice on her eye to stop it bruising. You think, I would think if a firework hits you in the face, you'd be doing a little bit more than a piece of ice on it. She was sort of claiming there was all sorts of disasters going on. Uh, there's a very good story in the paper today for Lucy Beresford for our sex programme. But uh, I don't propose doing it on the programme because we don't do sex on this programme. Believe you me, we don't do sex on the programme. But it's, it's a story for men. And... Um, it's it's something you'll have to do at home. <laughs> I can't tell you what it is. Some people might consider it's a bit too rude for this programme in the morning, so I'm not going to do it, much as though you might beg. Uh, Steve, uh, David in Nottinghamshire, read your one sock idea. It felt like pitching it on Dragon's Den. Yeah, imagine going on there and going, I've got a very simple idea of keeping warm in bed, standing up and then sort of taking one sock off and then sort of just lying down again saying, that's it. It's the one sock idea. So as opposed to buying a pair of socks, you just buy one sock and you just call it... A bed sock. Because you don't need two socks. Because by putting your bare foot onto the sock, the heat generates through it. I promise you, it works. I'm never wrong. Uh, Steve, is there a spiker's badge like the Blue Peter badge? No, and it would be rarer. If there was, it would be very, very rare. The sketch you mentioned was a Monty Python sketch. The British character in the sketch was called Michael Baldwin. It then went into the, the Philosopher's Song, says Darren. Really? You think? I don't know. I never know where some of these things come from. I always sort of I'm always intrigued that somewhere in the recesses of my mind, there is all this useless information which regurgitates itself at the right time. I've got no idea how it happens. It just happens. And it always seems to happen between four and seven in the morning. Other stories which are in the papers today, the um, the all male club. I didn't know there was such a thing in this day and age. I thought that was discrimination. You can't have an all-male all -male club. They're going to let a member stay on as he's been a male member for some time and now he's going to be transgender. Well, he is transgender, so he's, he's going to be a woman. And so they've said because he was a man before that, they're going to allow him to stay on as a woman. So technically it's not an all-male club anymore. Uh, Corbyn, Jeremy, says he was right to promote the accused MP. I'm tempted to say which accused MP. There's quite a few of them, aren't there? You go through the, uh, the papers today and you can't move for accused MPs. The Queen, I can't see that the Queen, seriously, would have invested millions in an offshore... Hello, it's the Queen here. No, it's not going to happen, is it? They have, uh, they have people who, who do things like that. Uh, I wouldn't have thought that they would have managed it. Uh, also, the Strictly Favoured Axed. Yes, they've got rid of Aston Merigold. It's got to be a fiddle. That's what the fans are saying. The fans are up in arms over this one. Uh, they're saying it's Aston-ishing. JLS star Axed. Decision stuns fans and bosses. Uh, they say there's a plot for Debbie to win. 
Uh, Ruth Langsford falls on top of Anton Dubeck. I love the way that sort of, you know, because Eamon has to go to every programme. It's just a bit dreary, really. But because uh, they never ask him. You wouldn't want to see that clodopping around the floor, would you? Goodness sake, that would just be ridiculous. And so they're saying, how can he go? He's a very, very good dancer. But obviously not. Um, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here. This is from uh, George, who says, read Jeremy Thorpe. He's dead, incidentally, and you can't libel the dead. So uh, his so-called alleged crime ended up at the Old Bailey, where he was very quickly found not guilty and fully cleared. I met the uh, the person. I met the person involved. Uh, he's played in the movie by uh, Hugh Grant. Filming began last month, yes. At the time of great prudence, the unfounded allegations made against Thorpe, obviously a big fan, led to his defeat as an MP. The BBC film will touch on the real reason why he fell from grace, his mishandling as a non-executive director of the failed London and Counties Bank Limited. He's always going to be linked, isn't he? He's always going to be linked with, uh, with the uh, Norman Scott. Always going to be linked with Norman Scott. I think the allegations were that he had his dog shot or something like that. But uh, no, he was, he was definitely... He was swings and roundabouts, wasn't he, Jeremy Thorpe? I was totally convinced. I never thought anything differently. So, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter, actually, whether or not the actor, Hugh Grant, is a supporter of the Lib Dems or not. It doesn't make any difference at all. You can find all sorts of people in movies. But uh, either way, you know, Jeremy Thorpe, is di- he died at the age of about 80-something, I think. But uh, that was it. His career was absolutely finished. Absolutely finished. It didn't, uh, it didn't resurrect itself at all after that. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Um, what have they got now? Oh, they did... Um, they did a thing the other day about people making gifts for Christmas. For Christmas, you know, people making food like truffles. Jeremy Thorpe, incidentally, died almost three years ago, aged 85. They must have been thinking about doing this piece for when he was dead, I should imagine, for ages and ages ago. So what was, what, so what was the actual story? I just remember it was Norman Scott, because I, I met Norman Scott, because uh, nobody knew who he was until, until the Jeremy Thorpe scandal broke and as I say I mean in this day and age nobody would really give a stuff would they really you know I couldn't really care less that somebody was married or whatever else I know more married men who play the other side of the fence than than it but nobody cares why would anybody care about things like that and the answer is I don't think they do I don't think they do anymore I think people have sort of they sort of, you know, they go, so somebody's gay. You know, the very idea that maybe a Speaker of the House of Commons, you know, could have been gay. They go, oh, no, 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 no. They're still talking about Edward Heath, aren't they? There's never been any, any sort of concrete evidence. There's always just been speculation and people sort of working on, oh, he must have been because he wasn't married. And so it, so it goes round and round and round. And they were more interested in that than they were in anything else. Nick Ferrari this morning is going to be talking about something very interesting which uh, I'll tell you about a little bit later on. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The story about the 290 painkillers. This is the Egyptian husband of a caged British holidaymaker, has another wife and other girlfriends. Shop worker Laura Plummer fears the death penalty after being arrested for taking painkillers to Omar Kabu after he injured his back in a car crash. Can't you get painkillers over there or something? They're in very short supply. An odd thing to take. Anyway, Laura knew he already had a Muslim wife and three kids and has met them on her visits. Their own marriage is not legally binding in the UK, but enable them to spend the night together during her stay. Oh, 
A bit flexible, isn't it, really? So, in other words, it's not legally binding over here, but over there she can stay with him because presumably you can take more than uh, one wife. Last night, in a secret message from her cell, Laura begged, please help me to get out of this hellhole. That's the trouble. If you break somebody's laws, you, you kind of have to pay the price. You know, surely he must have said to you, you can't break... I, mean, I can't understand why they, why they can't get painkillers over there unless they're terribly expensive. And, and he can't get hold of them. So she, she takes them in. Actually, I was naughty years ago. I used to take stuff in to Austria. The one thing that they couldn't get in Austria, believe it or not, all those years ago, sausages. British sausages. And uh, I remember taking them in, a packet of wool sausages. They were like gold dust over there. You take in a packet of wool sausages and they, they would devour them like there was no tomorrow. It was just, it was absolutely brilliant. But of course, you can't do that now. It's like you go into Australia and there are certain things you can't take. And they seem to stop people at their border controls on a regular basis where they open up and say, do you have any food? No. And they start going through the case. Food, food, food. What do you think this is? Food, food. It's for dog. Food. It's food. Food, food, and more food. And they, I'm going to confiscate it and give you a $200 fine. And they create merry hell. And you think, but you must have been told. It's like, you know, if, if you're going to America and on the flight over there, they give you um, an apple or an orange. And you think, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll save that for when I get to the hotel. That I can have an apple or an orange. They've got sniffer dogs when you get off at the airport in America. You know, and they will sniff out a piece of fruit and you're in big trouble. Oh, is that why? Tramadol is illegal in Egypt. Oh, right. It's a painkiller. Who'd have thought? I wouldn't. I wonder what else is illegal. Is there a whole raft of things that are illegal over there? She must have, uh, she must have said to him, I'm going to bring over some, some painkillers. And, and he went, I mean, how many did she take? 290. Where did she get 290 from? Can you buy, tra- is, is Tramadol available over the counter or is it prescription drug? Is it? Well, how on earth does she get 290? A prescription would be 48 or something like that, wouldn't it? If that, you'd have probably one from, you know, every day for a month if the pain was that bad. 290? She's even older than I thought, actually. This one's going to end up in a bad way. I don't think they're going to execute her, put it that way. I don't think it's, it's got to that stage. But she's obviously one of these people who hasn't checked out the facts. And Tramadol is illegal. And she took 290 in. See, now it's got my brain working, trying to work out where you get hold of things like that. Uh, after the red-hot October, was it? I don't remember the red-hot October. I don't think so. Is it warmer than a normal October? It wasn't red-hot, though, was it, really? It was just normal kind of thing. And uh, the temperature now, they say, will plunge to minus six in a few days. So be warned, get your gloves out, get your sweater out. And I'm wearing a, a loose-fitting cardigan kind of thing this morning, which is very nice. And, uh, and I've got my hat with me. Keep, uh, keep your head warm. And what else have I got? Oh, I've got a little scarf as well, which is quite nice. Wrap it round your neck. Keep your neck warm. And that way, everybody is happy. So I'm warning you now, it's going to be plunging the temperature. And you'll notice it. I, I see kids, I've seen people walking about in Twickenham with shorts and flip-flops on. Seriously, mad people, mad people. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to five. It's Monday morning. It's cold. It's going to get much, much colder, much, much colder. So do wrap up. And if you've not had a flu jab, why not? Goodness sake, honestly. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I often wait with cold hands, says Andy. Cold, ah, cold hands is, is Reynard's, isn't it? I think a friend of mine's got that. My friend of mine, Graham, has got this cold hand syndrome. And his, his fingers go, I mean, literally white. 
and I think it's called rain. I'm sure it's Raynard's because I said to him, get gloves. I think I've told you on numerous occasions, you go, oh, my hands are so cold. Raynard's phenomenon. Phen- do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Uh, 8585 and uh, it also talks about the the math insanity of the dynastic chain of parasites. Oh, God, you really need to get some medical help, don't you? I love it when people are like that. It's almost like, you know, the uh, the fading little group uh, called anarchists. And uh, and they told it. I'd completely forgotten that the anarchists have this little skip down uh, Whitehall. This year, the police were out in force and they warned them. This will only last for three hours, I think six till nine and uh, obviously they looked out of the uh, the the door and they went very cold now go so they shut the door again very quickly so they can't, and also it's a sunday and there's things on the television to watch and so it's kind of part-time anarchists you know which is oh let's be anarchists let's skip down whitehall and shout things at the police boo boo and uh, and the police go sorry yes yeah, strictly so they're all watching strictly instead so hardly anybody turned up I mean, I was seriously expecting... I, I sort of... I watched the news this morning. I, I checked all the news bulletins and all the rest of it to find out, you know, if London was... Because we've had it before where they start throwing things at people that you know, because they've got more than they have because these people are sponges. These people don't bother working for a living. They can't be bothered. They'd rather take, you know, because, because they don't like the rich. They're funny about that, aren't they? And yet they're more than happy to smoke their drugs and drink their drinks and shout obscenities at people and, and say boo with the royal family and down with the banks. And, you know, I think, I think when they said, I think they were shouting Tory, 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 out, out, out or something like that. They're so, they're so dated. It's, it's so funny. But as I say, mainly uh, from other countries, the, the, the British ones can't really be bothered anymore. And so when they said a million masks, um, I think less than 300. So there were more than three times that amount of police. They had helicopters up there. One person got arrested for letting off a firework, which, of course, is illegal and highly dangerous. And somebody else let off a flare. So they both got arrested. The rest of them just sort of picked up their little skirts and wandered off home again after it because it was they'd been told how long the march was supposed to last. Uh, Norman Scott's dog was called Rinka. Thank you. Yes, it was. I think that um, I'm pretty certain, actually, that because uh, Norman Scott wrote a book. I'm pretty certain he, he wrote a book about uh, what had gone on with uh, with Jeremy Thorpe, who, as I say, it, uh, it wasn't the first one that was brought down by an outsider. And it's judging by the newspapers today and over the past week, certainly won't be the last one. Damien Green, uh, I suppose, is sort of fighting to save a career at the moment. Uh, Rinka, the dog in the case, was shot in what was believed to be an attempt on Scott's life. That's how it sort of got that, but uh, in, into that situation. That led to this, this big conspiracy trial. And uh, at the end of it, uh, Jeremy Thorpe was found uh, not guilty. It was against him and others. And uh, all, I think, were found not, not guilty. But at, at the time, it was, uh, it was a scandal. And scandals nowadays have the effect of mud sticking 
And if mud sticks, then you're, you're kind of up a gum tree. And I'm seeing that with all the politicians who are in the papers today. Do you think that Damien Green will step down before the day is out? I don't know. I don't know. Or, or now have we... I mean, they, they say Theresa May has got a crisis after this sort of cover-up. Uh, also, the Queen's £10 million tax haven. Do you seriously think that the Queen has got any idea of where the money is invested? Of course not. Of course not. Not a clue, I shouldn't have thought. Uh, Fern McCann is parading her and her uh, ex-boyfriend's child all over the place. You know, it's, so you can see the... Bit. Unfortunately, she hasn't shown you the face, so I'm assuming it's got one. Because always seen at the back and somebody goes, oh, hasn't he got beautiful hair? Fans write the stupidest things. Oh, one of them was OMG. You can tell what sort of person they are. She's called the child Sunday. Sunday McCann. I mean, how thick do you have to be? <laughs> Mind you, I knew somebody called Tuesday Weld. She was an actress. Tuesday was a very popular name. Because it used to be that thing, uh, Monday's child is fair of face, Tuesday's child, whatever it was. And, um, and also the... Um, uh, the producer, you somebody called their, their their child Sheffield. The the family surname was Wednesday, so they were Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Mind you, I do know people who have been big. I tell you, what I was saying yesterday. You have to do it today because it's really good. It's children seeing their footballing heroes, and it's on YouTube. There's quite a few images of children who all of a sudden they go, "Oh my god!" It's like, and they burst into tears because it's it's all of that. Luckily, there's no pictures of David Boy Beckham anywhere. But there's a lot of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and there was one point as well coming out. It must have been Man U, uh, where you get all the little kids coming out. You know, they come out with the. T- I think you pay to do that, don't you, or something? As sort of mascots. I think there's some way, or it's a charity, something like that. But in many, anyway. So th- this this little kiddie is at the front, and he's there, and he's sort of he's getting ready. He's obviously gearing himself up. They're in the tunnel. And on his right-hand side, he's got somebody. And on the other side, he hasn't noticed who it is. And so he's sort of looking around. And then he sort of looks up and his, his mouth falls open because he's got Wayne Rooney. And he doesn't... And he just looks at him and his little mouth is... <laughs> he's going to cry. But they had one little kid, Cristiano Ronaldo, at the end of a game, rushes over, takes his shirt off, which he does quite a lot, apparently, and gives him the shirt. This, this kid bursts into tears. I mean, it was seriously... To watch little kids of about, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that, where they're so in awe of their... See, I've never been like that. I was a bit like that when I saw Nick Ferrari first time round, but I thought, you know, he, he wasn't going to take his shirt off, and I didn't want to cry, but, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. But to watch these kids crying, it's just... It's, it's, they, they just can't... They're just, it's an overwhelming... An overwhelming of this sort of adoration of the footballer that they've supported. And there's all sorts of people. I've heard of the footballers. I don't know how to pronounce them. Messi or Messel, Lionel Messi. And, and he, he was on there a few times. And kids just bursting in. One of them just grasped his hands. Couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that this was his hero that he's seen on the pitch. It was just, it was the best thing. And I do get some good things on YouTube that I have a look at. And you think, oh, that's just, you know, that, that's why. This this Christmas malarkey thing, or being stopped by the police in the park, with their uh, with their bomb dogs. It's uh, Christmas is just it's for children. You can derive so much pleasure just watching children ripping. Up. I can remember my youngest goddaughter at Christmas time. She never she never grasped until a little bit later that you ripped off all this pretty coloured paper, sparkly paper, and everything else. And there was actually a present in it. She wasn't bothered about the present. You could have wrapped a cardboard box up till the age of two or three. You might as well just put some sweeties and a satsuma in there because they're not bothered you've spent £70 on the Barbie plane or something like that. 
and we had to get it out the box. And she wasn't interested in that. She'd gone on to the next box. Dan was sort of ripping open the, you know, the box. She just wanted the paper. The paper was, was the pretty thing for it. Do the same with cats. Cats, all you need to buy for Christmas is a paper bag. And you open up the paper bag and you flick the bottom of it with your finger. The cat will put his paw in there and try it because he thinks there's something in the bag, but he can't see it, so he'll look round the side of it. Cats you can have amazing fun with. Seriously, very, very cheap. The pound shop is an absolute godsend for people who, you know, have got cats or dogs because they've got all sorts of stupid things. But uh, the producer hopes that uh, the cats are not listening to the radio this morning because they're getting sparkly collars. Oh, are they? Are they like those Shirovsky things? Have you, oh, the cheaper ones. Because I've got um, a key ring and it's got that on it. And I bought loads of them years ago when I had money. <laughs> Happy days. And, uh, and then gradually the little bits fall off them. But somewhere I've got a bag of these at home. Can't find this. I can't find anything at home at the moment. It's terrible. It really is awful. Uh, right, some more of your texts and emails. I've only watched, Steve says, Mike, a little bit of Strictly Come Dancing. I'm totally shocked that Aston Merigold's been thrown off. I'm not a fan of the show, but I have seen bits of it. Had it in my head that he was a good contender to win. Every move was practically perfect. I know. I'm, I agree with you. Out of everybody, he's a very, very good dancer. And yet they keep in Ruth Langsford. Now, I love Ruth Langsford. She can't dance for Toffee. She really can't dance for Toffee. I don't know what she was doing there. Uh, Ray says, I had a wisdom tooth issue last year. It took three visits over a number of weeks to finally get a prescription from my GP for some blessed relief from plane from Tramadol. And even when that happened, it was a limited amount of tablets. 290 sounds like an extremely large amount and possibly a bit illegal. Well, I don't know where you get 290 from. I mean, you know, we've, we've worked it out here. I don't think I'm doing a disservice by saying, where, darling, did you get 290 tablets that you managed to take out of the country into a country where tramadol is banned? And you've got not just like two or three packets, 290 tablets. That's a serious amount of tablets, dear. There's something a bit more to you, I think. Uh, Robert, regarding the weather, he says, I don't care how cold everybody will be. I'm off to Florida for three weeks, 80 degrees plus. I'm sure I'll be thinking of you all freezing your bottoms off. You're welcome to it, Robert, because I've been to Florida on a few occasions. Oh, ghastly. It's full of Brits, full of Brits, and sweltering heat because it's built on swamp, reclaimed swamp lands, and you've got sort of crickets, frogs, oh, God, and alligators all over the... Bl- That's why all these swimming pools are caged in, otherwise you could wake up and discover a... Um, a sort of a, a crocodile in your pool and everything else like that. I thought it, it way too hot for me. That's why everybody, everybody's got central, sorry, got um, air conditioning. Much easier. Oh, look at the time, quickly. Coming up to the news at uh, five o'clock, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The Million Mask March, what a farce, turned into a total disaster. Jenny McAlpine from Corrie's signed up for I'm a Celebrity. Apparently they've been after this amazingly talented person for ages and ages. Why don't they just phone her agent and go, could she do it? The answer is, of course she can. Uh, the barman who's in the paper today saying that Kevin Spacey groped him. He sat on a settee at some party and Kevin sort of made lewd comments to him. You're going to be reading more of this uh, as the week goes on. The Price is Right is coming back. The Queen is dragged into a £10 million offshore tax row. And uh, the tiger who pounced on a keeper at a zoo. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Four mi- I'm sorry to laugh. It's Monday morning. I'm frozen to death. And uh, the weather's going to get worse. It's going to get to be minus six. Uh, we had fireworks Saturday night, fireworks Friday night and fireworks 
last night. And you can buy big fireworks and little fireworks. And then everybody's saying we shouldn't be able to buy fireworks. We should go to organised displays. So people went to an organised display at a hotel and 14 of them got badly burnt as the fireworks took off in every direction. We had it one year. We had rogue fireworks, which we'd, uh, which we'd been given from a well-known uh, manufacturer. This was at the uh, Antrobus Hotel in Amesbury in Wiltshire. And they had this bonfire event. A number of children were there. Wiltshire Council said the authority were investigating. Health and Safety said it would only investigate if the council decided it was appropriate. The hotel said a single display box containing multiple fireworks malfunctioned and said it called an end to the display as soon as it happened. Uh, They had a safety cordon. Uh, which exceeded manufacturer's guidelines. I don't know what you can do. It's a funny place. Where do they have it? Have they got a big field at the back or something? Because if you if you look at the hotel, which looks lovely, actually, um, uh, Lewis Foote, uh, with his wife and sons, age one and three, said, I saw on the right-hand side there was a picnic bench, people sitting there. There was panic and cry. Well, there would be, because they're fireworks. They're gunpowder. They're dangerous. Some woman uh, here who's actually pictured... Uh, says that um, she was at the front with her daughter. She was hit in the face by a firework. I don't want to, you know, sort of belittle what she said, but I'm looking at the injury on her face. That doesn't look like she was hit in the face by a firework. That just looks like a little bruise. If you're hit in the face by a firework, these things are fast. They really are. They're fast. Uh, And she said, um, uh, I was a bit shaken. It was close to my eye. The ambulance crew put ice on it. It's obviously not that serious, just ice to bring down the swelling. Uh, I saw a little boy with five burns on his face and he was really shaken up. And so people have taken to uh, Facebook. The hotel uh, has not commented any further than they've said at the moment that the ambulance service said they did treat 14 people at the scene. So I suppose there is an argument for not even going to an organised display now or just watching it on television. But I like fire. I love the smell of fireworks. I didn't have any this year. This was the first year that I didn't have any because normally... As Pat and Brian will tell you, we go to their son Paul's place and uh, we have fireworks there and he does food. We didn't do it this year because it was a miserable night. But there's something... We went to some great ones. My, my youngest goddaughter, her, her first school, they had the best firework display I've ever been to. And we all congregated in the pub, car park, and they had food and booze and everything else. And we stood there staring at the heavens. And once this thing started, it must have gone on for a good 15 minutes... You know, they must have spent a lot of money on fireworks and they were really, really good in this little village in Essex. Really, really good. We used to go round to a friend of mine's years ago in Denham, uh, but we were always superseded. We actually started doing fireworks one year and uh, we had rockets and everything else and they were quite quite large and sort of barrage things and everything else. It was always good fun. We had, had samosas and uh, mulled wine and stuff like that. And then one year we were doing the fireworks and we'd just finished and then this other firework display started. Well, it put us to shame. They had aerial bombardments going up. They had little parachutes with little lights attached to them. Whose were they? Scylla Black's. She was in the next road. She was in Upper Denham and they were in Lower Denham and she had bigger fireworks, much bigger fireworks. Pip Schofield, I'm led to believe every year he likes his fireworks. He has a... A, a good lot of fireworks every year. Because, I mean, if you do them properly... But we did have a rogue lot one year where we set off the rockets and they went up. They'd only gone up about 20 feet and they turned round and headed back down to us. We were throwing ourselves into doorways and everything. It was very... Uh, you've got to have a black background, haven't you? There's a new feature on the new iPhone which you can take a picture of somebody and it takes out the background. So it's, it's just like a studio shot. I noticed a friend of mine, Ashley, uh, has one of the new iPhones. Do you know... 
there's obviously the the bottom must be falling out of the market. You can find them on eBay now. Already, the new iPhone is on eBay. But there's loads of them available. You don't need to worry about it. But they're adding about 100 or 200 quid extra on top of the price. A friend of mine's got one. I said, oh, look, he showed it to me. Uh, the screen's bigger than my one. But it's it's quick. And it's also a different... Uh, this is LED, I think, or LCD or something like that. Whatever it is. The new one is a different system. And it's nice. I said, how much do you pay for that? He said, 1000 I said, a thousand pounds. Mind you, of course, if you've got a thousand pounds, you know, then then fair enough. But this is the only time I've I've not changed my phone. He got, I think, six hundred for his old phone, and so he had to pay four hundred for it. So he was he was quite. He loves it. It's very fast. It's got all sorts of little features. He says, but it goes on eye recognition. So you can look at, if, if he covers his eyes, the phone won't open. Takes it away, the phone will open up for him. Very quick, very nice, but. I don't. I can't spend a thousand pounds on a phone. I can't justify it. It's not that I don't have a thousand pounds, but I can think of I can think of better things to spend it on. But the amount of people who've got one who say that they like it, and so I, I don't mind playing with everybody else's. Eight four eight five O Steve at lbc.co.uk. Lee says awake, listening to the great at Steve Allen show on LBC. It's a bit nippy, but I am awake. Actually, I sleep with the bedroom window open. Only because my mother instilled in me some years ago that it was good to get fresh air. Ditch the fitted sheet, Steve, says Kath, and go back to flat ones. We've tried everything, including those awful sheet suspender type things. Nothing works. Flat sheets work better. Do you know, I haven't had flat sheets on my bed since I I was living at home. Fitted sheets I've had for ages. I remember the first time I discovered fitted sheets. I thought, thank God for that. Thank God for that. So I bought loads of fitted sheets. and uh, they do. But this one, obviously, either the, the mattress has got bigger or something's happened. It, it's just not clipping onto the corner as it should do. And it's really annoying me. I take Tramadol. This is the story of the woman who goes out to visit her... Well, we don't know if it's boyfriend or husband. It turns out he already has a wife and children and she's taking him Tramadol. Now, Tramadol in Egypt is banned. Now, he must have known that. He's Egyptian. He must have known that... Tramadol is not allowed. So he persuades her to take in Tramadol for his bad back or whatever it is. She takes in 290. And we can't work out how she's got hold of 290. Even asking all you, can you get a prescription for Tramadol? They don't hand these things out like sweeties. And so she's taken them in there. She's managed to get them all the way over there. And then she's been arrested. She's, she's in prison at the moment because it's illegal. It's a, it's a controlled drug. So it's prescription only. How she's got hold of it's it's basically drug trafficking. I know that sounds very dramatic because when we think drug trafficking, we think cocaine, heroin or stuff like that. But to them, it's a banned drug and she's taking it in. Not just one or two packets. I mean, just supposing there's 30 tablets in a box. Go on, work this one out then. How many boxes is that she's taken in? Go on. So 30 divided by 290. Just under 10, 10 boxes. So she's got 10 boxes of Tramadol. Presumably it says on the outside of the box, Tramadol. And how she managed to get hold of 10 boxes. That in itself, you know, you'd have to check about. So, Pat says it's a control drug. The pharmacist always checks when they were last dispensed at the time of reordering. Yeah, my, my pharmacist, Mr. Shah, uh, I've just got some uh, new insulin. And the last time I had it was, I think, August, end of August. So, so they make sure that you're not stockpiling insulin. Of course, I don't because I use it on a, on a daily basis. And so I'll say, oh, I just need... I have a... 
two insulins. So I get four boxes of one type, which runs me overnight, and then one which I do daytime, which is quick acting. The other one is slow acting, and that runs overnight for me. So I, I get through quite a bit of insulin. And they, they check on the computer. They're not going to hand this stuff out. So as tramadol is controlled even here... She can't just go in there and go, I've used that up, can I have some more? Because they go, no, you need to go back to the, back to the, the doctor for that kind of thing. Uh, listening to you in Queenstown, New Zealand at 6pm, where we've been up in the mountain in snow today, says uh, Martin. He says the temperature's at minus six, back in the UK after three great weeks. There's nothing exciting about New Zealand. The only thing you go to New Zealand for is to whale watch and to look at the, uh, the place where they filmed... Jurassic Park because they kangaroos that's Australia not New Zealand that's Australia New Zealand's just got other things bees flies wasps the hobbits yeah hobbits hobbits hopping around all over the place they don't have kangaroos I don't think in New Zealand do they they've got they've got pterodactyls and everything else because when they film Jurassic Park over there and they go you have a T-Rex and uh, what's he goes, yes, we have a T-Rex. But it was the, the opening shots of the helicopter coming in. That's uh, that's New Zealand. It's lovely. It, it rains. You still think they've got kangaroos there? I don't think they have. I mean, I'm, I would tell you. Paul, Paul Smith, of course, the font of all knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, seems to know all about these sort of things. Don't you, Poppet? You know everything, don't you? You know everything about that. Of course, it, if it turns out not to have uh, kangaroos, please don't tell me there's kangaroos there. No, there aren't any. There's no kangaroos. Why would there be kangaroos there? They're in, New- they're in Australia, kangaroos, together with rabbits, because they had myxomatosis. Oh, he's now arguing with, with the producer about whether or not they've got... Well, uh, yeah, a few places in New Zealand. Yeah, in zoos, dear. That's called a zoo. Z-O-O. OK, and that's where they, they put... Anna- honestly, why is it some people... You Honestly, mind you, I've been like that. I've been pig-headed. And, uh, and people have said, oh, so I've gone, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I mean, the one thing I'm... Very, I remember com- trying to convince my mother once about a car that I knew we had, and she denied all knowledge of it. I said, no, I, re- I remember you. My mother used to change her shoes for driving. So she had heels, and then she had driving shoes, and so she'd take them off. Whereas I, I can drive in anything. It doesn't make any difference at all to me. And so, sorry, you can't... You, you're terrible in heels, aren't you? I mean, you really are. But I said to you, Dorothy Perkins, it's not for you. You won't take any notice of me. And now he thinks he's seen kangaroos in New Zealand. He gets confused with New Zealand and Australia. Australia's very hot, and everybody's called Sheila. And in, in New Zealand, sweeping generalisation, joke, uh, in New Zealand, it rains. It rains a lot. It's quite pretty. They go there for whale watching. They're not, not the brightest... They're not the brightest. You go to some of the little hick towns away from, away from the main towns and you are, you are going backwards. Wallabies. Yeah, w- wallabies are not kangaroos. They're, that's why they're called wallabies. Because it sounds like wannabes. They wannabe kangaroos, but they're not. So they call them wallabies. And they're smaller. They're very small. Kangaroos can stand up to about eight, nine foot tall. They really, they're huge. Kangaroos are huge. You get boxing kangaroos. Used to be one that used to tour with a fun fair some time ago, and he would box. I tell you, you don't want to get knocked out by a kangaroo. They're, they're, they're enormous. It's the tail alone is sort of, it can be up to six feet long, and that's their balance, isn't it? What, what, what are you showing me your phone for? I think I can read that from here. What does it say? This was stolen from. 
I know what you're like. Is that one of the new phones? Is that, is that a new iPhone? Oh, right. Thank God for that. But wouldn't it be dreadful if the newsreader, Paul Smith, actually had one of the new iPhones and the presenter, Steve Allen, didn't have one of the new iPhones? I know that my big boss has, has got one because he tweeted about it the other day and said it was, it was really quite nice. I've never checked on my other boss, my, my, my boss at LBC. I've never checked on what phone he's got. Because people always look at mine. Is he an iPhone? I don't know if he's got an iPhone. I don't know if they issue company... Oh, he's got an iPhone. Has he really? God. Do they have company iPhones here, then? Is it branded? Oh, he's got a brand. <laughs> I love things that are branded. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Freezing Cold Monday. This is where you actually get up this morning and you go... And you suddenly realise that your boiler's not on. And the, the pilot light hasn't lit. And you're going, oh, God, it's cold. And you're in and out of the bathroom in about five seconds, aren't you? And so we, when we were younger, my parents refused to put the heating on in the morning. They would put it on in the afternoon, and then it would turn itself off in the early hours of the morning. So when you woke up, as you heard from a friend of mine the other week, he had ice on the inside of his car, on the inside of the car. And I, when I was younger, we, used to, we were in the bathroom so fast... And, and you'd turn on the tap to let the hot water run through, and it never lasted that long. And so you'd be so quick. We used to have to share baths. I was sharing baths with my brother. Not sharing, sharing, but my mother would always say, right, leave the bath water in, your brother's got to have a bath as well. So you'd get out the bath, and you'd be sort of getting yourself dry, and then your brother would have to come in and get in the bath, poor soul. And you used to think, poor soul, honestly, all he gets is seconds. All he gets is seconds, you know, second-hand bath water and everything else. In the days when we used soap, and you always used to get on the top of the bath scum, and it would sort of, and so that's why you used to have to wash the bath out inside. It was dreadful, especially if your mother had sort of shaved her legs in the bath as well. That wasn't very good. Uh, Steve, very interesting. When that tramadol story was first reported, they said she only had two strips of the tablets. Yeah, two strips with two hundred and ninety tablets there. Uh, Martin says I'm on tramadol for osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. I get a hundred capsules per box per single prescription. So she's, yeah, but she hasn't got this. It's not her, it's him. So how how she managed to get, t- that's what we were arguing about. We're not arguing that you can get them on, on prescription, and there might be a hundred in a box, I don't know. But how she managed to get them. Not for, You can't go in there and get tablets for somebody else who doesn't even live in the country. Uh, I watched a documentary on Egypt years back. Tramadol is smuggled in from India to Egypt. Big addiction problem there. This lady's partner must have known, says Mina. Well, yeah. Susie says you can buy Tramadol online. Can you? Can you buy Tramadol online? Can we see if we can buy some Tramadol online? Well, I, I don't want to physically buy it. I just want to know whether it's possible to buy it on. And if it's possible to buy online, why doesn't he buy it online? Obviously risking her life, knowing that it, it might carry some dreadful penalty because it's classed as a drug over there. I know it's a prescribed painkiller, but you can get everything. But it depends whether it's genuine doesn't it? Because sometimes people make these uh, placebo drugs. Mm. And so if somebody's buying... What, because I slurped? Sorry. Uh, I'm not really sorry. Um, if, if somebody's buying illegal drugs off the internet, then it's an even bigger problem than we imagine. Because if you can buy it on the internet, why is this Egyptian bloke, who is her boyfriend or husband or whatever he is now, uh, buying them himself? No, he's putting her at risk. There is the danger that she would come in and get caught. And she came in. And she got caught, and she's now in prison. Um, somebody says our Jack Russell Dennis was put on tramadol last year when he fell off the settee and damaged his back. Says Kim. Oh right, so it, it can go for uh, for sort of dogs as well. 
I suppose. You can sort of, you can, oh, yeah. I don't like the idea of, um, of sort of giving the same tablet to dogs. It's obviously quite uh, strong. We have just, um, we have just found a website. I'll tell you now, it's a Colombian website and they've offered us some tramadol. They don't know it's us. We're sort of doing this undercover, pretending to be secret squirrel. And um, how much are they charging for tramadol? Do we know? It was quite a lot of money, but uh, they are offering and they seem to better get it through the post. But the trouble is, it's not illegal here. So I don't know if it comes in. <coughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't order anything like I wouldn't order any medication. Well, I tell her I have just ordered medication on the Internet. I've ordered some uh, tea tree cream because I get a bit of eczema and I quite like tea tree cream. I like the smell of it as well. And tea tree is very good for you. But uh, I wouldn't order anything like a prescription drug online. I think that's just tempting fate, especially, as they said a short while ago, they did a thing in South Africa where they went out and they tested various markets where you could buy all these drugs that we get here and we take them for granted. That's why there's so much corruption going on in the NHS of people fiddling to get drugs. You know, people will lie to get drugs. And uh, they went to this market and they discovered all these drugs, they were all fake they were all they were like sugar tablets, all fake. But people were spending serious money on them. People were selling them, and they were, they went undercover. So you've got to be very careful. You don't know what it's like buying cigarettes. If you go to a car boot sale and they've got cigarettes on sale, the chances are they'll be fake cigarettes. But I bet you can't guess the one item that is the most faked. The one item that is the most faked that people buy. What do you think it is? I would have thought cigarettes, but no, no, no. That difficult for you, Paul. Any idea on that one? Is it? Oh, yes, it's legal. Well, I mean, it's 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 a legal item, but it's faked. They make fake this stuff because there's so much money in it. No. Washing powder. Washing powder is the most faked item. And you see it at sometimes car boots, things like big tubs of it because there's huge, huge money. Apart from, you know, vodka and razor blades and cigarettes. Cigarettes are the worst thing. Don't ever buy cigarettes at car boots. 99.9%. It's like buying films, isn't it? Somebody coming round your table. You're sitting outside having a nice cup of uh, espresso, you know, in the morning frost. And you sit there having somebody come around. You buy film? No, thank you. I see people... Yeah. Paddington is what? Oh, right. Really? Yeah, that's quite well. I would never buy films, you know, that were sort of being hawked around tables in cafes and things like that. But uh, you've got to be very careful. Very, very careful. But uh, people aren't. I still want to know where, where she got all this tramadol from. She might have bought it on the website, but there again, because he knew it was illegal, why did he put her uh, her life at risk? Uh, Steve, like your friend, I also suffer from, uh, from Reynolds, but about 35 years ago, when it was really bad, the hospital provided me with heated gloves. Oh, yes, you can buy those anywhere. You can buy heated gloves on, uh, on Amazon, I think. I always used to buy them on Amazon, and they just wear a, a, a battery in there, and they, they keep it warm. See, I like things like that, but I can't use them for driving the car. I have the air conditioning on in the car, even in the middle of winter. I'm mad, mad. But um, said so the only thing was the charger was the size of a car battery. Uh, why would you go all the way to New Zealand to whale watch? Visit Skegness. You'll find plenty along the beach sunbathing on towels. It's very cruel. That's very cruel indeed. We don't need that kind of talk. That's fighting talk. It's not just Skegness. Brighton's exactly the same. South End, Essex. In fact, just about any seaside resort. Blackpool, guaranteed. There's almost like a school of them up there. 
I mean, scored. That's very. You made me say that. I don't normally say that about people, but you're quite right. You do see some horrendous sights. It's not just Gemma Collins. There are other people as well out there, who sort of are wearing outfits which I would think would be described as wholly uh, inappropriate. Eight four eight five zero Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Dave says, where were all the wasps this year? Oh, I saw one the other day. Well, it was either a wasp or it was a honeybee. I can't work out. They get little, little, not, 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 not the queen bee, but a little tiny one because we've got Twickenham honey. We have, um, what do they call it? When it is it an apiary, which has got bees in? We, we have the Twickenham Beekeepers Association. Is it an apiary that they live in? I know that sounds as though it's something that monkeys should live in, but I'm sure that bees live in an, in an apiary. I know that, um, am I right? Unbelievable. Look at that. An apiary. Look at this. And they've got one here in set. So it's like known as a bee yard. Martha Carney used to be with LBC for many, many years. She she does honey. She does. She goes out. Also, um, who else does it? Oh, who, there's somebody else very famous who does um, who does bees. Oh, I can't remember who it is now. There's somebody very famous. Apparently, um, Vince Cable does it. Maria von Trapp. What's the point of that? Maria von Trapp keeps bees. And Sherlock Holmes, also not real. Well, uh, Maria von Trapp does exist. She does it, but I think she's dead. I think she died. I'm pretty certain. But they've got... um, Isn't it strange, all these odd people? Apparently Aristotle used to look after bees, but I don't remember that and there's no photographs to uh, substantiate it. Agnes Baden-Powell. Love that name, Agnes. It's so good. Uh, Also Sir Edmund Hillary, the man who... uh, Climbed Everest. Um, uh, Sylvia Plath took up beekeeping as well. Uh, also Scarlett Johansson. She likes bees. And there's Maria von Trapp. Come on, but she could get on your nerves. Though a deer, a female deer. Shut up, shut up, shut up. The book was completely different. And Suggs also likes bees. There's Martha Carney, bless her heart. And Bill Turnbull. And Kate Humble as well. Martha's uh, fascination uh, began when she was given a hive as a wedding present from her husband, Chris. I know both of them very well. He actually refers to himself as the reluctant beekeeper. So if you keep it... They, they had to be very careful with bees, because a short while ago there was an epidemic that went through the hives from other bees from other places, and they devastated the bee population. But you move bees at night. What you do is, if, if you're going to move your bees, then you, you make sure they're all in the hive. Come on, come on, everybody in, quick, quick, quick. And they all get in the hive, and then you shut the door, and then you move them at night, and you put them somewhere else, and then just open up the doors, and they will, they'll stay with that place. Because you want to find places. Sorry? They don't get a lot. No, bees are very, bees are very intelligent. If ever I'm watering the plants in the summer, the bees will be on them, but they move away while I'm watering them. I've never been stung yet. Wasps, of course, are just evil, but bees are fine. So, you know, lots of famous people. You might do it as well. A friend of mine had them. He had so much honey, he didn't know what to do with this stuff. They, they've just gone mad producing honey. It's very clever. Terribly clever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Ken has said, uh, as an Australian... Oh, here we go. Good day, mate. I can tell your colleague that the only kangaroos and wallabies in New Zealand are in zoos. They're not native to New Zealand. They're native to Australia. Wallabies and kangaroos are two separate marsupials. Skippy was a wallaby, not a kangaroo. And I just said to Paul Smith, the newsreader, I said, you know, he said, you can just go and cuddle them. I said, cuddle them, you'll never walk again. These things punch. And he went, no, that's animated. I said, 
No, they're real. Go to YouTube and type in boxing kangaroo. These things are big. They stand nine feet tall when they're up. Some of the big ones because they've eaten their ready breck and stuff. And they've been out there and they punt. They teach them to punch. They, they punch. They've got little short jabby arms. Punch you in the face. They're dangerous. I'm telling you, they're dangerous. Do not take my word for it. Take everybody else's word. He thinks he's been to... He's never even been to New Zealand. He's obviously sort of borrowed a travel book from somebody and sort of flipped through it and gone, oh, look, wallabies. And, uh, in fact, if you want to see wallabies, go to uh, a zoo and you'll see loads of them. Out at... You've got London Zoo and then out in the country, they've got another zoo there and they've got wallabies, lots of them, that run across the road running free. Don't shake your finger at me. I'm telling you, they have. I've been to this zoo. I know that because Adrian Sherling has been to this zoo and you've been to the same zoo and they've got rhinoceroses, not running about, obviously, because they don't run. If they did, they'd kill you straight away. But no, they've got wallabies running across the road. Herds of herds of wallabies out at this zoo. You can go and see them in this country. They're in a zoo, but it's the you could go and see them. You can't cuddle them, though. They're wild animals. It's like, you know, a T-Rex, isn't it? You're not going to be making friends with a T-Rex anytime soon. I sometimes wonder, really, where we get people from nowadays. Anyway, we've also got the story in the paper today of the civil servant on 335000 a year who's just put in £15,000 worth of expenses, including a packet of crisps. Seems fair enough if you can get away with it. Why not? Uh, the 181 children in one class. I couldn't believe it either, but apparently it's true. Uh, the, uh, the British ex-wife of a top-ranking ISIS terrorist uh, says she only had children to raise them to kill people. I mean, you sometimes wonder, don't you, the sanity of some people. She's quite clearly a very stupid, simple person. And he says, I had similar problems with fitted sheets. I bought new ones with deeper sides, 12-inch. They come in all sorts of depths. Do they? I had no idea. I thought they, I thought they were all standard. All standard? Oh, you're telling me they're different. Uh, new Zealand, famous for not pronouncing vowels correctly here. Fashion chaps. Uh, hum for him. Bug for big. I like fashion... Fashion chaps. Six. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> They're very odd, aren't they? <laughs> I, like the, I like the idea that people eat fish and chips abroad. I'm never too sure that they do. Mind you, it makes light of all the stuff that's in the papers today, doesn't it? I mean, seriously, ne'er a day goes by where uh, we don't read stories about MPs. And there's more. I'm told that there are more MPs stories which are going to come out in the course of this week. Uh, also, we spare a thought for those people who lost their lives in that uh, American church, that Texas bloodbath. 27 dead, at least 30 injured. A gunman just goes in there to this. We don't know whether or not he was known to the congregation, whether he was a, a lapsed member of the church. I don't know anything about it. I just know that he sprayed bullets all over the place. And um, some people were very lucky to get away with their lives because they didn't go to church on that day, there was one woman on the television this morning and she said, I'm, I'm very thankful to God, she said, because we decided not to go to church that day. Because they're, they're far more God-fearing, I think, in America than we are over here. I think, you know, they, they sort of enjoy their, their religious side. Uh, Steve says, Liam. And um, it's been a while since I've heard your voice in the morning on account of moving away from London, becoming fed up of it. And hearing you this cold morning speaking about anarchists. I can say with some confidence, you don't disappoint. I don't. You moved away, with, you're fed up with London. How could you be fed up with London? You know, what was that famous saying? You know, if you're fed up with London, you must be fed up with life. There's everything. Samuel Johnson. I was with him when he wrote it. And I said, that'll never catch on, you know, Sam. And he said, Steve, I promise you it will. 
If a man is tired of London, he's tired of life. There is everything to do in London. I, I always get immense pride when I sort of look at the Thames. I shall go over it on a bus this morning. And I always look. I always look to the left. We look up. You see St Paul's Cathedral. You can see the view that, uh, that Wren saw. You can go the other side of the Thames and see the house he lived in while they were building it. And then the fires that raged in the, in the wars and everything. Oh, God, you can never get tired of London. There's always something. You know, I, I get excited going to Hampton Court. I get excited going to South End. So let's face it, you know, I'm, I'm very variable. Uh, Steve. Having lived in Egypt for a few years, I think there's a little bit more to this Tramadol incident than meets the eye. There's a booming black market in Tramadol in Egypt because many Egyptian men think it makes you strong. Yeah, which is... Um, oh, right. It, oh, they're, they're using it as a, as a virile. Really? Good Lord. I think it gives them virility. It can be mixed with cough medicine to give them a high. Oh, dear. I mean, I just can't work out where she got them from. You know, if you can get these things, I mean, unless he, there's nothing the matter. I mean, because she can't have got them on his behalf because he's Egyptian. Nothing to do with her. So either she's lied that she's got a bad back and got tramadol, in which case it becomes even more serious because that's defrauding the NHS. Or, or secondly, she's bought them from somewhere else and they didn't come from a chemist. Either way, I don't think I've ever had tramadol. I don't think so. I've had cocodamol which is sort of roughly the same kind of thing, I suppose. Uh, Henry Fonda was famous for his beekeeping, says Thomas. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve, talking of bees, there was a bumblebee sitting on, on my front step a few weeks ago. I've read that if you find one, they may be short of energy, so I gave it some sugary water, and um, and it, it, it's sort of, it sort of took it up in its little proboscis thing, which is interesting. Uh, somebody says, get yourself some deep-pocketed fitted sheets. I'm using Wilco's Best... 300 thread count um, 15 quid for king size my husband and I are very athletic in bed too much information I think on a Monday morning too much information I mean you know I also like to do handstands and things like that and sort of when you're a child you think it's a trampoline don't you the amount of and I think you behave like the kids from the sound of music uh, wallabies roam around in Whipsnade Zoo which is up the road from me Steve says Jan in Dunstable Dormer sheets says Sandy Percale cotton the only cotton to have <laughs> Steve, I went by Rudyard Kipling's house the other day, owned by the National Trust, fascinated with rooms left just as they uh, were. Didn't realise he wrote 60 books. He was bothered by the paparazzi. He had to burn all his papers, otherwise they'd have gone through his rubbish, says Lynn. Do go. Uh, Christian says, uh, how are you? You can really hold a note. Have you ever been in a choir? When I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, I'd love to be able to sing. I'd love to be able to sing. I mean, I, I often, you know, I sing to myself in the car. But that's just, that's just me being sad. I like singing in the car. And at the moment, as you know, because I'm heading into the festive season, uh, I've got Christmas carols in the car. I know, I know, I know. But it's my car. I can, you know, and sometimes to really annoy people, I have them really loud. Really loud. Just so that people get the benefit on the, on the outside. Strictly awkward, tumbling Ruth clambers on top of Anton as husband Eamon is forced to grin and bear it. Oh, he just loves the attention, doesn't he? He just can't stay away from... T God help us the day his career stops and, you know, he's fallen off his hips or something like that and he has to sort of be pushed around in a chair. I can imagine him sort of going... He'll still do the programmes, though, won't he? Mauled at the zoo. I've seen pictures like this before. This is um, a keeper. So, known to the... Ti I tell you, I'm frightened to death out of uh, tigers. Uh, people threw, threw stones at it and she managed to get away. She was screaming her head off. She was quite seriously... Um, uh, damaged by this thing. They're big. 
They're big. And obviously the tigers, no matter what you think, oh, yes, they're really, really friendly. No, they're not. They're wild animals. There is actually a book called Tired of London, Tired of Life, with great places and things to explore. I know, because I have it, says Kim. I don't think you could ever be tired of London. I'm often saying to people, have you been here? Have you, you know, if ever I'm walking around here with friends of mine who've come down from Manchester or wherever else, I'll go, right, this pub here is a typical Victorian pub. It has not changed since Victorian times. We go in there and it's all brass and mirrors and everything else. I mean, it's not the most exciting pub, but it's famous because it's Victorian and it's one of the original ones. And you can still see original pubs in London. They're, they're fast fading, I think, at the moment. Cross over the road uh, from that and there's a little alleyway which cuts up between the building little alleyway with regency fronts of houses in there regent typical regency genuine regency you know you can find pubs have been around since god knows when just wander around london they always say look up don't ever look down because down is where they sort of do all the modern bits up is where they haven't touched anything bono's in the paper today a tax ruse to buy a lithuanian mall or mall depending on which way you look at it and um, this one was bought for 5.1 million 10 years ago uh, through uh, a firm called Nude Estates, of which the rock star was a director. How bizarre. So he owns a Lithuanian mall. <laughs> I've heard of people buying things, but that's the most unusual one I've ever heard of. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Monday morning. I'm about the cheeriest thing that you're going to find this side of uh, Westminster. Oops, shouldn't have said Westminster again. There's going to be more names in the frame, more people who are going to be accused of all sorts of misdemeanours. Innocent until proven otherwise. OK, none of these people have appeared in court. None of the, This is just hearsay at the moment. Uh, Steve, I had Tramadol. It's amazing how many of you are on Tramadol now. I couldn't believe it. But there's one here from Stuart who says, I had it before my uh, my hips were replaced. Certainly blew the wax out of my ears. It's obviously quite strong, isn't it, this, this uh, tramadol? I've never, as I say, I've never had it at all. Uh, Steve, uh, I'm trying to nurse my husband, who has man flu. Oh, Lord. Nothing worse. Must be a nightmare for you. Oh, I don't feel well. Oh, terrible. He thinks I'm not being sympathetic. They never man up, do they, properly? They just, oh, I don't feel very well. You think, oh, for goodness sake, it's just a little cold, a little sniffle. You know, yeah, it should be... Oh, I've got to take it seriously nowadays. Uh, regarded heated gloves, Charles says, uh, when I'm walking the city streets during the very cold New York winter temperatures, I wear hand warmers. I bought hand warmers. They don't require batteries. You have to push the little button on it, though, don't you? And then sort of break it, and then the two chemicals mix, and then you put it inside your glove, and uh, that apparently makes your hands warm. No, it just makes your palm warm. The rest of it is freezing cold still. Uh, so I know about those. I've, I've used them as well. You can buy boxes of them. They're, they're fairly inexpensive. Uh, and Charles says, great day today. Brunch with my boyfriend and our friends. We had a good weekend. They're never long enough, the weekends. I Seriously, I'm always complaining to people that the weekend is never long enough. And, uh, and from Lorna, she says, I'm going to put my lights up December the 1st. My son reckons that's too early. No, I think that's about right. I think that's right. Sandy's the fish shop in Twickenham. He's, he's started. He's always the first one. And the council is sort of getting ready, putting lights around poles and things like that. And Darren Adams from overnight has already got his up. So I can't complain about that because I've got some in the kitchen as well. Battery operators. Quite nice. I was going to put them in the car and then I thought maybe it's illegal to put Christmas lights on the back shelf of the car. I don't want people to... Because they might not see your brakes or something like that, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, but no, you're all right then. And then Steph says... Uh, did I hear you mention John Terrett? 
Lovely fella. Yes, he wrote to me the other week. I worked with John for a few years. Knew him on Bournemouth 2CR and at Radio Wyvern. Good heavens above, honestly. Happy days. Happy days. Before he made it big in London. Is he still in Washington? I think he is, actually. You are my daily London fix before coming back to Earth in Malvern. Lovely, but but remote. Oh, so I've just, I've just, oh, so I've just, I've just clicked on the wrong thing here, actually, which is good. Yes, he, he, I was, because I was, I was saying on the uh, on the program that people you see from uh, from a long while ago now, they've got uh, they've got white hair, and of course, uh, John now works in New York for a Chinese broadcaster's American division called CGTN. Imagine trying to say that when you've had a couple of sherbets. Hello, welcome to CGTN. They're all like that, aren't they? You're listening to uh, whatever it happens to be. They always have this WKCV coming right at you this sunny morning in London town. Well, actually, it wouldn't be London town. Uh, Princess Beatrice in the paper today. Honestly, they lurch from one disaster to another, this family. This is a Russian tycoon story. And his socialite wife, that's what they always put down, socialite wife. So, of course, that, that immediately attracts little, little Beatrice, because Beatrice quite clearly has the oddest friends going. And um, the Russian tycoon and his socialite wife dropped a theft claim against their chauffeur when they realised the businessman's seedy life of prostitutes and drug abuse would be exposed. Good Lord. Uh, Evgeny... Oh, here we go. Kucherev and Veronica Chu... A close friend of Princess Beatrice and the Duchess of York, oh, here we go again, mother and daughter on this one, accused the driver of stealing a diamond ring. However, under questioning, the man told police he was selling the gem on behalf of Mr Kusharev, suggesting it was needed to raise quick cash. He accused his boss of racking up bills on call girls and the party drug GHB. And... uh, so this, so this, this sort of went on. It was why is it every time your heart drops, doesn't it, when you see Princess Beatrice and Sarah Ferguson, and you think, uh oh. But a bit like Andy, Andy seems to have inappropriate friends, and over the years he's had some very inappropriate friends, people who you shouldn't be seen hanging around with. But there again, nobody ever said they were the brightest family. Drinking glasses could contain potentially harmful levels of metals lead and cadmium. This is glasses decorated with children's cartoon characters or festive designs can contain toxic metals. Researchers from the University of Plymouth examined glasses bought from homeware shops and supermarkets. They found 70% contained lead and almost the same proportion cadmium, which have both been linked to cancer. Oh, my Lord above. Cadmium is linked to heart disease and diabetes. White, uh, the, uh, the lead in it, acts as a neurotoxin that can affect learning, behaviour and memory. Where'd you get these blooming things? They, they have a picture. Researchers cited the example of a child's glass with a picture of a character from Finding Nemo. Acid removed one bright orange fin, raising fears such pigments could flake away and be swallowed by youngsters. We need to check on that one very quick. If you've got any sort of glasses that have got pictures like that, get them checked out before you use the blooming things, just in case they, uh, they, sort, of, uh, they sort of fall off the edge. Oh, and by the way, guess who's fallen off the edge? Humpty Dumpty. That was Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And the reason I mention that is because he's, he's out of favour, not for any other reason than nursery rhymes are no longer being sung to children. Amanda Spielman uh, says it's a great shame that uh, Humpty and Hickory Dickory Dock are not being sung to new generations. I don't know, you could sing? Oh, it's Hickory Dickory Dock. The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one. 
the mouse ran down hickory dickory dock, or something like that. Uh, but apparently it's old-fashioned. It's old-fashioned. Well, I, I quite like old-fashioned. I think we should hang on to old-fashioned things. Makes a lot. But you're right, you don't hear people doing that now. They're more than likely to be singing a Madonna hit or something like that. Or, or sort of, let it go, let it go. I'm a, no, sing Hickory Dick, no. Let it go, let it go. I'm a one with the wind. Uh, there's also a woman here. She was, she was very clever. This is a lady called Anne Law Promenet. Uh, she disturbed a burglar in her house. And so what did she do? She didn't run away. Oh, no, no, no. She scratched him with her nails. You know why? She wanted his DNA. And so the moment she got the DNA, she went straight to the police and she went, it's under my fingernails. I scratched him, you know, because burglars don't expect to be scratched. And they uh, they found him, actually. He's got 25 previous convictions. Marvin Mulvey, you silly little girl's blouse. But uh, he's got convictions for all sorts of things. And uh, the, the judge said she'd shown a very cool head. Amazing, isn't it? She managed to hold on to the laptop, uh, but he took a key to her flat and left. And she's been given £350 out of public funds for her bravery. Uh, in a letter, Mulvey apologised and said, he's got 25 previous convictions. What I put her through, no one should have to go through. Yeah, well, go to prison. Go stay there. We don't care about people like you anymore. Uh, the brothers who've gone from the back streets of Blackburn. I remember the back streets of Blackburn. Two children placing in rags. And they're now moved into a mansion. In London, worth 25 million. I have to tell you, 25 million is not a mansion in London. That's just a small pied de terre. You don't get much for 25 million. Not round this neck of the woods, you don't. Uh, also, uh, what do you do when you get to a certain age and you still can't find anybody? I'm referring directly to Gemma Collins. Uh, apparently, you go for Botox. There's one woman, 58, and uh, she says that she spends about £500 on her face every few months and every penny is worth it. But the, the, the trouble is, if you have Botox, it means that you can't move your face. You don't become very animated. Oh, that looks nice. You don't become very animated, do you? Because I think uh, it freezes. And so I don't think that's the best thing to do. But if you are one of these people who, um, who sort of is sort of desperate to look younger, I've often thought about trying it. And I thought, I don't want to look peculiar. I don't want people to start going, what have you had done? Because once you start having it done, you're going to keep needing to have it done. Uh, tramadol is a morphine substitute, which is why it's only available by a prescription. Very addictive drug. And, um, and Martin says it's, uh, it's very addictive. So there you go. Uh, Daryl says, uh, had a Christmas coffee in Cafe Nero. Each year I'm in competition with my friend as, they, uh, as to who has the first one. Oh, right. Yes, they, a friend of mine, Ian, likes it when they get the red tops out. He says, oh, the, the red cups are out in Starbucks or wherever it is. Uh, Viv says, landed back from Riyadh. Lovely to hear you on the way home from the airport, waiting for the car to defrost. It is going to get cold this week. It's still, it still might drop down to, they say, anywhere between minus, I think, six or minus 13. So that's how bad it could get. So it's a case of just make sure that uh, you've got some nice warm clothing and a hat, which would be good. I found another Simon Cowell for you. Yes, he runs this wildlife hospital. I've seen it. It says Simon. Yes, I'm, I've known that one for years. Don't worry. We're, we're ahead of you on that. So some of the stories which are in the papers for today, apart from more MPs, more allegations. The Queen now has been dragged into this offshore tax row. They say that uh, she's got millions of pounds invested. They say, no, she hasn't. 
but they say, oh, no, we've got evidence. And it's, it's one of these, it goes from here to there and to here to... Th and it, it gets a bit uh, convoluted. The Million Mask March descends into chaos. So few people turned up and it was a bit chilly for them, so they all toddled off home. Not so much anarchists as sort of freezing cold little, little people. The British ex-wife of a top-ranking ISIS terrorist says she only had children to raise them to be killers. Stupid woman. Uh, the CPS are probing on the green extreme porn. This is Damien Green. Uh, a barman who's now come forward to say that Kevin Spacey groped him on a settee. Uh, Boris Becker says, I'm not broke. I've got enough money to pay the staff and do things like that. Um, the other one is Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn says he was right to promote an accused MP. It's going to get bigger and then I think it'll just fizzle out completely. Adele has topped the list of celebrities we'd like to fly with. Never even thought about it before. Must be to promote something a bit naff. The poinsettia that'll bring you a pink Christmas. We've had poinsettias mainly red. Uh, this time it's pink. Sounds delightful, doesn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Uh, some of the stories running in the papers this morning. It's Monday the 6th of November. Christine Lampard apparently buys toys for Frank's children at the pound shop. Nothing if not frugal. Depends how old the kids are, though. You know, if they're little, it doesn't really make any difference. Uh, Jihadi Jack's parents say we'll sue the government to get him back. I love it. People just bounded these words around now, don't they? Uh, Lisa Armstrong is still in love with Ant, one half of Ant and Deck. And um, it's still fine, even though the papers are going, oh, he's moved out and they're splitting up. But why would they split up? She stood by him all the way through, and she will continue to do so. Uh, some so-called psychic claims that Madeleine McCann, I mean, after all these years, was snatched by a fat child trafficker. What a load of codswallop. I've never had so much rubbish. Why we even give these people, you know, the, the, the even mentions on the programme, I can't imagine. Uh, the Million Mask March. Nobody turned up, really. It was hardly worth bothering. There's more people queuing at bus stops, I should imagine, at this precise moment. Uh, Coronation Street's Jenny McAlpine signs for I'm a Celebrity. It's a very poor showing this year. In fact, it's more than a poor showing. They can't seem to find anybody who's a celebrity. Nobody's going to know who she is. She's just Jenny McAlpine. And you think, well, you know, are they allowed to do things like this? Is she going to be billed as somebody from Coronation Street? They have to tell you who they are because you don't know. And we found a painting looted by the Nazis which has been hanging on a wall in a very prominent place. Everybody's seen it. The Queen's seen it. The Lord Mayor of London's seen it. Why? Because for 30 years, this picture has been at the mansion house where the elite gather. And somebody went, wait a minute, that was looted. That's a looted picture. And um, it's been hiding there for ages. It was taken, actually, by a leader of the Hitler Youth, the Oyster Meal, by the Dutch old master painter, who is called Jakob uh, Ochtevelt, was bequeathed to the Corporation of London by Harold Samuel, the multimillionaire property developer and life peer who founded Land Securities. What neither Samuel nor the corporation suspected was that the 17th century oil painting, which depicts a scene of seductions watched by an enthusiastic Spaniel, was seized when German forces blew open a bank vault in Arnhem, in the Netherlands, and it has been returned today to Charlotte Bischoff van Hiemskerk. So it goes back, but it's been hanging there for 30 years. There are loads of other paintings that we've, we've returned back to people. Uh, there was one, March 2017, that's this year, the sale of uh, Courtyard of a Palace by Bonhams in London was halted when it was found to have been looted from the late Viennese collector Bruno Jelinkek. Jelinkek. 
Uh, in September 2015, Tate Britain was censured by the government's advisory panel on Nazi loot for failing to make adequate checks on John Constable's reaching a boat, Brighton, which has now been uh, put back to the heirs of Baron Fernick Hatvenay, a Hungarian collector. There's quite a list of them. I can't pronounce half the names, so I do apologise to the families. But at least they've got things back again. They've waited long enough for it. But uh, I wouldn't like to imagine what this uh, what this painting is worth. Uh, more people talking about the Tory donor, Lord Ashcroft, who broke the Haven rules to avoid millions in tax. Lord Ashcroft, as you know, is the one who has a, a special room at the uh, Imperial War Museum. He buys people's Victoria Crosses. In fact, there was one that came up a short while ago, a very famous one. Uh, and I said, I hope he buys it because he's bought loads of them. And then they go straight into this special room in the Imperial War Museum. I've been to see them. It's people's VCs and, and these awards. Now they're saying he's broken rules. Uh, they're also saying that, um, uh, oh God, everybody's in here. The Queen, Bono. This is the man who's bought a Lithuanian shopping centre. I know I couldn't quite get my head around it either. You can invest in all sorts of things. Years ago, it was trees. People invested in forestation. People, in, you know, people would say, oh, right, if you invest in trees, then that was so you could offset that against tax. Now it's people putting money in. I mean, the Queen, they're saying, has put £10 million in. I shouldn't imagine the Queen knows anything about this. This would be financial advisers. Uh, they've already said, no, it was all done legally and above board. But then, you know, they're obviously going to go down the route of, uh, of sort of finding out whether or not the Queen has, in fact, got money in these outside places. Uh, the Scott team. This is a photograph taken by Captain Scott team after they arrived at the South Pole, only to discover that the Norwegians had beaten them to it. It's going under the hammer. It's got uh, Lawrence Oates, Henry Bowers, Robert Scott, Edward Wilson and Edgar Evans. It's being auctioned. Um, they, they think it could fetch £1,200. I mean, it's a very rare picture because it's the only one. And they all look a little bit, uh, little bit dejected. Uh, the men all died before reaching home. Oates, of course, as you uh, know. Uh, Ronald Amundsen had already reached the South Pole 34 days earlier. They had an automatic trigger for the camera and they took this picture. How they survived. I mean, they looked so unhappy. Didn't he say, he knew that he was, he was dying. He said, I'm, I'm just going outside. I may be some time. And he went outside to die. I'd say that people always remember that, don't they? Out of all the people in the group, that'd be the one that you remember, Oates. You don't remember the other people, but you remember Oates because of, of what he did. I think because they only had so many rations left and he was basically making it easier for them to survive a bit longer. But uh, sadly, they, uh, they didn't. Didn't they find a cabin in the South Pole or something which had original tins from, from these early expeditions? Still there. Still there. And it was, I remember reading about it and seeing it. I'm, I'm sure that they, uh, they had pictures of it on the television. I remember thinking, good heavens above, there are still things out there and still places. Because it is so cold. And they had so much trouble and crevasses that would open up in front of them. But there was definitely a cabin, I think, which was used by them. And it had all sorts of things in there. Biscuits were very popular. And, uh, and meat that they could chew and stuff like that. But I remember thinking at the time, now that's, that's very interesting. That's very interesting that there are places out there. They, I turned on the television this morning, checking on the news to see if another MP had been named. And uh, I was right. There's another MP named. And they were doing a programme, which I thought this looks interesting. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, I think I've got this. It's on a DVD. And what it is, it's underneath the streets of Rome to see the aqueducts that were built 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, they were so... Amazing. And they're still running today. The sewage system is still running and it was built 
thousands of years ago, and it's still running. And you can go down... Well, you can't go down there, but they took a film crew down to wander through the uh, the myriad of... T- it goes for something like 20 kilometres. And the Roman Temple of Mithras has reopened in the city. Few few Roman gods, I think, you know, can owe their survival to a newspaper. But uh, this one here, Mithras, uh, the, the ancient bull-slaying deity returning to public prominence... Uh, a reconstructed temple honouring the pagan god will open in London next week uh, in the improbable surroundings of the new billion-pound Norman Foster-designed headquarters of the Bloomberg Media Company. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? They've actually recreated the Temple of Mithras. So I think that's quite interesting. <laughs> you know, and people say they're tired of London. <laughs> I don't think so. I went to... Where did I go to? Mansion House or somewhere similar to that. Um, and discovered that they've got part of an arena... It's a very small part of an arena that was used for chariot races and everything else. But anyway, this uh, Sophie Jackson from the Museum of London Archaeology, uh, in the days following, the public swarmed over the ruins. It was Mithras fever. As a result, rather than being buried, the ruins were, uh, ruins were dismantled, relocated nearby, then dismantled again during the construction of Bloomberg's headquarters. Now rebuilt uh, and open to the public from November the 14th, it features 600 items... From the site, entry will be free for visitors who may want to reflect that newspapers can sometimes be godly too. You see, that's what appeals to me immediately. It's free. There's another one to put on your list. 14th. 14th. It's, it's called the London Mithraeum. It sounds great, doesn't it? 600 items. That'll be bits of... Bits of... Um, sort of. I don't know what it'll be bits of, actually. Lots of things that they uncovered there. Put it all back together again. And you can go and see it. How wonderful. How wonderful. Small wonder we're constantly digging in the city. And constantly. It's near Bank Tube Station, so if you get as far as Bank Tube Station, you will find it. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? There you go. There, there's one for you to put on that list if you're interested in, uh, in the history of London and you want to see something that dates back to those times. I want to go back to Rome, but it is such a place. It really is. It's so hot. So hot. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier... Uh, about how cold it is, says Sandy. It's one degree centigrade outside in Peterborough. Cars covered in frost. And um, somebody went to see Des O'Connor and Jimmy Tarbuck on stage the other evening. They were in Peterborough. Good heavens above. They do a double act, do they? I quite like that idea. I can't remember if I've heard of that or uh, not. Still performing, says Wendy. What a treat to see two legends. I agree. I mean, Des, uh, we had on In Conversation, was, was lovely. I hope you've downloaded In Conversation for this week. Ross Kemp and uh, Bernard Cornfield as well. Uh, really two very, very good interviews. Still to come, Stephen Fry talking about Greek mythology. But I promise you, in a way that will absolutely have you at the edge of your seat. Uh, Sarah says, my two-year-old loves nursery rhymes. They teach the kids them that nursery and we have to sing them every day there's only so many times you can sing the grand old duke of york before it zaps your will to live was that the grand i see nowadays that would have been a court case you know the grand old duke of york who had ten thousand men i mean goodness sake there's not many people could say that he'd have been front page of the sun wouldn't he but uh, apparently it's all right if it's for children this was a man i mean quite clearly he was some sadistic ogre he marched them up to the top of the hill then he marched them down again and when they were up they were up and when they were down, they were down. And when they were only halfway up, they were neither up nor down. It's talking like that got me out the Boy Scouts. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. There you go. 6 what? 6.20. Run! 
You're going to miss that bus at half past, aren't you? Uh, Jim says, was that the Tramadel woman in Egypt? She's reading in her shared cell with 15 other women. They're reading the Koran. She's reading a book her sister brought over, Katie Price's autobiography. I mean, you couldn't make it up. We have actually checked. And uh, as I say, there's something not right about this story, isn't there? We're either looking at the making of somebody else who wants to be famous, or failing that, she's a crook who's importing drugs. Either way, she's in prison over there at the moment, and she's worried she's going to be executed. I don't know why. I don't think they'd go that far for something like that. Uh, especially once people have got involved, and I'm sure that people will get involved. But it just seems a bit odd, doesn't it? I think Katie Price would be in a loose go, I can't believe it, she's in my book in prison. Exactly, the book you never wrote. Hilarious, isn't it? So I'm basically reading somebody else's story written by somebody else and she's just sort of added little bits and pieces to it. This is Katie, £40 million in the bank. I don't think so. As I say, I'm just waiting for evidence of this. That's all I've asked for over the years. I haven't asked for anything else. You know, prove to us that you've actually got that much money in the bank. I don't think you have. I mean, seriously, if you had that much money in the bank, you'd have got rid of the latest husband very, very quickly, wouldn't you? And then you've, you've got enough money to live really well. But I think she needs to work. Can't be another reason why they put her on Loose Women, because she certainly doesn't contribute to it. She can only talk about herself. The icy blast coming in. It's going to sweep. Minus 10 degrees here. So all the temperatures I've read you this morning, um, we vary from 6, minus 6, to minus 16. The, the express are coming in at minus 10. Polar winds and snow as winter bites this month. Go and get a, go and get a jacket. You're going to need a jacket. Uh, Jack and Jill... They've also finished as well. So as well as Humpty Dumpty and the grand old Duke of York, uh, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jill came down. Uh, was it Jill or Jack came down? Jack came down and broke his crown and Jill came following after. I mean, she's quite clearly an idiot. You know, you'd seen your brother just fall down and crack his head open and you're doing exactly the same thing. Of course, I knew all the rude versions of all the, uh, of all the little nursery rhymes. And they're doing away with them. Yes, probably about Jill's in Towie and Jack sort of joined the cast of Made in Chelsea, but he's lying. <laughs> I like it, actually. Uh, we saw Mark Armand yesterday evening. Wonderful show. Sounds fabulous. Had the whole place up dancing, says Jill. I have no doubt of it. He's a super, super guy. Super guy. Uh, so betting on a white Christmas and a frozen Britain. But I love it. It's great. As long as you're indoors and you're looking out through the window, it's fine. You tend to forget, though, don't you? There are people listening to this programme who won't have... Any uh, any central heating. So, uh, you know, spare a thought for, for those people. The massacre at the church in Texas is everywhere. There's no reason why somebody would go in and shoot people down. And then because they then killed themselves at the end, you don't get any of the answers that you're looking for. You're looking for an answer. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody shoot 25 people? You spray bullets around in a church. All they were doing was sort of praying. They weren't doing any harm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything particularly peculiar. Uh, the Maddie police hunt for the mystery woman in purple. Two witnesses now uh, saw the woman who's thought to have originally come from Eastern European country lurking outside the family. So now they've come forward after all this amount of time to say that they saw somebody lurking outside there. It's almost like they're, they're just trying to justify more money going into it. Yet we're now looking. And so there was a psychic who's in the papers today saying, yes, I mean, uh, I've, I've seen this woman. She, she's a fat person. You thought, well, that narrows it down, doesn't it, really, I suppose. But as I say, we'd, we don't really have too much time for psychics on this programme. We're a little bit, little bit more cynical about it. Oh, somebody's come forward to win the £25 million on the lottery. So thrilled, so thrilled, so not, so not. Uh, Aston Merigold gets kicked off. Why? I can't imagine. I mean, he's, he's a very, very good dancer, and yet they keep Ruth on. It's almost like the thing is just slightly fiddled, isn't it? 
I mean, you can't say it's fiddle because I don't know it's fiddle. It just seems odd. They make the oddest decisions. They make the oddest decisions. Do we think Damien's Green, uh, Damien Green is going to resign today? Do we think he's going to step down? Because if he does, that's uh, beginning to look, uh, you know, beginning to look pretty bad. Uh, also, another picture here of uh, this uh, this woman. Strangely enough, looking at the woman who took the uh, the tramadol over. This is uh, Laura Plummer. You get the feeling, looking at a picture of her, she's obviously got high ideals of what she thinks she's going to be. It's either going to be a glamour model or something like that, or doing a thing. Her sister says she's absolutely petrified. Of course she is. Well, she's reading that dreadful book by uh, by Katie Price. That's enough to traumatise anybody, I should imagine. Jane says Laura spends all her time read. Well, how long does it take to read the book? Well, you've taken more than an hour to read it. God, blimey, honestly, it's ridiculous. Uh, apparently... Uh, Jane says they can't read English, so it's the only thing they won't steal. Laura's family, fleeced of 10,000 by two con men, posing as solicitors, are due to fly out this week for her third court appearance. She'll again be taken from jail to court in a grim prison truck. She's in prison. What do you expect? Chauffeur-driven limousine. These people are so stupid. Tramadol is illegal in Egypt. You know, whichever way you look at it, you're an idiot. OK, you should have checked. He's asked you to bring Tramadol in. Would she not? I mean, admit, I don't want to really cast, you know, sort of try and do the poor soul down. But I mean, did you not think? Why has he asked you to bring Tramadol in? Oh, so you can you not get Tramadol? That'd be my first question. You want me to bring in sausages? Can't you get sausages? Uh, well, we can, but it's illegal. Oh, right. So you want me to risk my life bringing it in? Yeah, if you can do that for me. And so she did. And she got caught by the police, I mean, you know. So she was taken to court in a dirty old truck. You're a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a prisoner, dear. I don't know what you expect. You're a prisoner. You have to be taken there. A, penalt- a petition launched to free Laura has 2,500 names. She's now got a lawyer recommended by the British Embassy who will deny she was trafficking. What do you call it? She's taken it in a suitcase. That's traffic. That traffic from here to there. That's trafficking. You know, what was going to happen to them after? He might have been selling them. If, 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 if we've discovered this morning, there's a huge black market for Tramadol and she's taken in 290 tablets. Let's face it, at one time there was a huge market for... Um, what's that little blue tablet called? That one that's for men that people take. Viagra. There's a huge market in that. P- people get that and they charge a fiver a tablet. Tramadol might be £2 a tablet or something. 290, that's a load of money coming in. You know, I mean, she she looks a bit simple, it has to be said. But uh, they say here, she, I've got no idea uh, what's happening. I thought I was doing a good deed. Did you really, dear? Because what we want to know is, the big question the paper should be asking, where did you get 290 painkillers from? You just go into your doctor and say, I need a prescription for 290 painkillers. Or do you go to a, a chemist and go, I need 290 painkillers. I mean, how does that happen? The answer is it can't. They can't just hand them out. So uh, that's what I want to know, dear. I'm not interested whether you're reading some silly Katie Price book while you're in there. Because, to be honest with you, if you read, what are you reading? A word an hour or something? How long has it taken you? She's had three court appearances already and she's still not finished the book. Something's not right, is it? Uh, Liz Hurley goes out the uh, other day. She goes to the Paddington premiere. It's supposed to be brilliant. It's supposed to be the best film ever. Uh, so that's, uh, that's good. We like Paddington. There's something about Paddington that is strangely comforting. I can't work out what it is. He's just, he's just comforting. There's something nice about him. I feel that even though he comes from, uh, from Peru, uh, there's something nice about him. Uh, recently added to my collection, the London Compendium by Ed Glynnett. 
Uh, if you don't already have it, it's an absolute street-by-street street gem. Can't praise it enough, says Patrick. And um, Simon in Stockholm says, the nursery of rhyme should be modernised. The grand old Duke of York, he had two lazy daughters. Yes, and one deadbeat wife, I suppose you could add to it, couldn't you? They all seem to have the wrong friends. Prince Andrew was photographed with all sorts of very odd people, the sort of people that you'd be going, I don't, somebody should advise him, but of course I was led to believe that you could never advise Prince Andrew on anything. He knows it all. He's Mr Clever. Unfortunately, not. But you're quite right. The grand old Duke of York had two lazy daughters who also hang around with the wrong people. Perhaps they're just impressed by it. Perhaps they think they're some sort of celebrities. You know, as you get the impression that William and Kate are not sort of bothered about that kind of thing and are probably looking down at them going, oh, God, not them again. You know, you always get the, the cousins, don't you? You get them in every family, I suppose, who you think, oh, no, definitely not in our family. Thank you very much indeed. Harry, of course, there's still... Have you noticed that the papers seem to have moved away from him and Meghan? Thank God, because even I was getting bored. I mean, how many more times can he float over to Canada? And then they go, well, this is it. He's going to be announcing an engagement anytime soon. No, no, nothing at all. He's just enjoying the free goods on offer from her. And, um, that, well, I mean, the must. I mean, do you think she's going to buy him a Christmas present? Perhaps a member of her family that they can have sort of uh, sort of seen to and sort of say, listen, don't don't sell stories because now her half sister, sister, anyway, half sister has sold a story about saying, no, she, she's not. Uh, she's a very well brought up middle middle class girl, but she's Canadian. They don't have middle classes, do they, in Canada? Everybody's exact. I thought everybody was the same over there. It's only here. So the sister said she was misquoted. The whole thing. I mean, the whole thing. I couldn't care less what they do now. All I know is I've got five pounds on the fact they won't get married. <laughs> Whether that happens or not, I don't know. I'm probably going to lose my fiver. But I don't, to be honest with you, I really don't care. I really don't care. I'm, I couldn't really be, I'd, you know, I'd rather worry about how many Rice Krispies are in a box rather than worry about Prince Harry at the age of 30-something getting married to some actress that 90% of the country had never heard of before from Canada. I mean, he can't even find anybody homegrown. What does that say about it? Surely he could find somebody. How about is that girl languishing in that Egyptian prison? She's quite pretty. Perhaps he could go for her. Obviously not. There obviously must be some appeal to him, mustn't there? Mind you, she's obviously looking forward to it. But I'm warning her now. I'm telling you, you move into the royal family, you're moving. It's not just you wander in and go through palaces and sit on chairs and sit on the throne and stuff like that. You, it's, it's so different, as Diana found out and poor little Sarah Ferguson. That's Billy No Mate, Sarah Ferguson, because they just they don't mess around with things like that. You cannot change the monarchy. Much as though you think you probably can, she won't be any different. In fact, if anything, she'll probably disappear completely once she's joined the royal family. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It is brr, cold, cold. It's Monday morning. Coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast to warm the cockles of the heart at seven o'clock today. Theresa May, second in command, Damien Green, says allegations that police found adult material on his office computer are nothing but a political smear as the Westminster sex scandal turned into a trial by media. The former Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Lord Bernard Hogan Howe, is under investigation after a 2015 interview on LBC. Nick will be telling you why. Plus, new leaks have revealed that the Queen's estate is involved in an offshore tax haven scheme. When will tax avoidance finally be taken seriously? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari and the team at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Front pages of the papers we'll go through in a, in a moment. Uh, Steve the Guardian says that Laura Plummer was given the tramadol by a colleague at the shop she works in in Hull. What sort of shop does she work in that hands out tramadol like that? What, somebody's thieved it? 
Well, where'd you get tramadol? You can't just get 290 tablets. And also, I suppose you could argue if she's going to traffic, she'd get a thousand tablets. Unless they'd be sort of testing the waters, as it were. I've got no idea, but we had this with the drug mules before. The two two girls who lied through their teeth. They were just people who were druggies and they were sort of... They were being paid to bring drugs in. Oh, no, we didn't know anything about that. No, nothing about that. And they always put down what dreadful conditions the, these people are in, don't they? I remember one of the drug mules, they went, oh, it's awful. She was running the beauty thing in the actual prison. It's not, uh, not the tough life you maybe think it is, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes these, these people are actually on a cushy little wicket. And when Laura Plummer eventually gets back to this country, she'll be on every programme under the sun, interviews in the newspaper. The next thing she'll be on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And they'll go, here she is, she's, I'm a celebrity. And uh, she was the one who was, who was caught out by, the, uh, by the, the drug mule allegations. But, you know, where you get them from work, I don't know. It'd be like me coming in here and saying, you know, can you get any tramadol? And people going, I don't think so. I can get you some pens or pencils with make some noise on it, and that's about it. Because you just don't get that kind of stuff. Uh, Adrian says, lovely impression of Katie Price. Hilarious. It's just, I'm so bored with this self-attention-seeking woman who's got no friends. She can't have. She's had to make friends with um, Kerry Katona again. And you know what a deadbeat she is. There's no point there at all in actually trying to have a conversation. The woman's an idiot. You know, she can't do anything. She hasn't had a job in ages. They don't seem to do jobs, these people. It's like we're still waiting for Sarah Harding to have a job. Mind you, the other thing we're still waiting for, and I'm sure they must be doing it now, even as I speak, is waiting for Peter Andre to announce his rescheduled dates in Australia. If that happens, I'll eat the desk. But I reckon they... uh, Because the promoter said that they were cancelled due to lack of interest, uh, back come Pete's camp to tell you that, of course, it wasn't that at all. It's that he had this... uh, Pete's 60-minute makeover programme, which they must have known about before. So, in other words, they were just having a bit of a laugh with the Australian fan by sort of saying, we're going to book in all these dates and uh, we know we're not going to go through with it because he's got a TV programme coming up. Not one word from Pizzikins after that, was they? All went very quiet. They do that. I don't know why. But uh, they're going to reschedule. So far, they haven't, but they've told us that they're going to. So that's lovely, isn't it? Can't wait for that one. Uh, Daily Star... Strictly Shirley and Fixed Crisis, they're all saying Aston Merigold thrown out. Why, why would that be? He's a very good dancer. And yet Ruth Langsford falls on top of Tony Beak, while poor Eamon, who doesn't really get out often enough, has to sit there in the audience and sort of kind of, like, mm, kind of watch it. Uh, Christine uh, Bleakley, or Christine Lampard, buys toys for husband Frank children at a pound shop. So she stocks up on cheap goods at um, B&M Bargains. Another well, matter with that is that she apparently buys all sorts of things. Um, she's bought Christmas decorations, garden furniture, batteries, toothpaste, anything. She says, I never go back to London without a trip to B&M. It's brilliant. Right. So it's not really pound land, is it? But it's obviously something quite, uh, quite similar. Uh, Fix Row. They're, they're all saying the same. All the papers are running with this because the fan of Strictly goes. It's ridiculous. How can you actually sort of knock him out? And they ended up saving Molly King. You know, apparently she's not having an affair with the little boy she's dancing with. It's just all sort of some sort of drumming up some interest in her career, which has kind of ground to a halt. If it wasn't for this, we'll sue the government, say Jihadi Jack's parents. Uh, Parents say he's been tortured. I don't know what you're supposed to say to that. I don't know. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't just uh, don't just talk about it. Minus 13 degrees, we've discovered in the paper today. Uh, also, Shane to star at holiday camps. Shane Ward who plays Aidan Connor on... Uh, on? Is he still in it, or is he... I thought he was out of it. I didn't know. He's going to play a number of gigs. He's landed a huge money deal to host shows for the popular holiday firm. 
What for? Nobody knows who he is. I can't you get Sooty in. Sooty's much better value. He's still in Corrie, is he? Oh, well, there you go. You live and learn. He's going to do a number of gigs, at, gigs and do meet and greets with fans in Skegness, Lincolnshire and Bognor Regis. He's 33. He's hoping the show could relaunch his pop career. Don't be silly. You know, I always say that because if you've had a pop career, it's like Louise Redknapp. You notice she's gone a bit quiet ever since there were allegations of some sort of relationship between her and uh, the low woman. And, and they went, she's back in the studio. And she's and I thought, but what for? The, the, the fans for Louise Redknapp died off years ago. They moved on to other groups. Once, once a group disbands, it's like they're still trying to tout out that, um, that One Direction are going to get back together. <laughs> but why? Why would they? Harry Styles is doing very well. I hope you didn't hear Liam Payne the other day singing his new single. You suddenly realise he can't sing for Toffee. His new single, if you listen to it, it's so auto-tuned. And I think what happens is some of these groups go out on stage and their mics are auto-tuned. They go through its uh, computer programme to put, to put them in pitch perfect. And you can hear it because it sounds electronic. On Liam's new single, you can hear that it's auto-tuned. You can hear and anybody who's got half a brain cell would know that it's, it's been enhanced. So he sings on the television. A friend of mine phoned me up and said, are you watching this? He said, he can't sing. I said, but nobody ever said he could. That's that's the problem nowadays. And they all go, don't worry, we're all sort of big stars. And you go, no, you're not. You're really not. There's very few people can actually deliver live. Very few people, I promise you. And uh, Shane, I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's absolutely lovely. But uh, if you're going to be... Wait a minute, Shane, wait a minute. Shane Ward. He's appeared online, hasn't he, in, let's just call it, less than flattering things. Oh, dear. I don't think we're going to be resurrecting a career any time soon. Other things you might be resurrecting, Shane, but I don't think it's going to be a career. But, uh, yes, I mean, when you listen to Liam Payne, he was doing sort of... Um, the, the single's called Bedroom Floor, and he was singing it live, but he's got earpieces in. So, can we hear a little bit? Here we go. I'm sorry, dear. Flat. And this is a pop star. Unbelievable, isn't it, really? I mean, totally flat. He's singing against himself. I think that's what it is. I think it's what they call... I think it's what they call multi-tracking. But interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, coldest winter for a century. I've warned you, I can do no more. Uh, Ant's wife, she's supporting him. Of course she is. Of course she is. She's still tweeting about it. They've been together for ages. They go back a long, long way. Long, long way. Muslim poppy power. I did this story yesterday. And the sellers have said, no, we're not traitors. It's for, you know, they, they just, it's something they wanted to do, which is good. Da-da-da-da. Uh, Steve, uh, it says here, uh, I'm an honorary spiker, but I'm 24 hours in arrears. Oh, dear. I don't like that kind of thing, David, in Sidcup. But, I mean, I suppose you're allowed to occasionally. It's his 55th birthday today. He listens to the previous day show on podcast each morning. And uh, Pat says, Ruth didn't fall on Anton. He fell and she got on top of him to save his embarrassment. Well, I don't think we need that kind of talk. Disgraceful. Disgraceful, Pat. Mind you, do come from Brentwood. Ooh. Uh, B&M took over most of the Woolworths stores after they shut down, says Martin. Never even heard of them. Never even heard of them. We, we don't have them here, do we? Well, I don't think so. There is a film coming on the Horror Channel with your favourite Katie Price called Sharknado. Can't wait to even see it. I didn't know she's ever made a film. She's certainly never written anything, designed anything, or done anything at all. 
And that's why I've always disputed this, she's worth 35 million. I can't quite work out where this money is supposed to have come from. And they go, oh, she's been very successful over the years. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, there's loads of them in London. There's one in, there's one in Hounslow. Oh, it's getting too close to Twickenham. That's, mind you, our, our Woolworths is a, is a pound land, which is OK, because they were accepting the old pound. Oh, there's quite a few of them, aren't there? B&M bargain stores. Oh, Lord, I hope they don't come any closer than Hounslow. There's one in near New Malden. There's one in, uh, where's that one? <coughs> near Hampton Hill. Hounslow, definitely. But that's the area for it. And they do all sorts of things. They, they've got used machine tools. Lovely. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, they've got one at the Blenheim Centre in Hounslow. I know that, actually. It's open from nine o'clock this morning. There you go. What can I tell you? At least we've mentioned them. It's not the same, though, is it, really? Why is it people want to bargain nowadays? Why is it people go... I remember seeing market traders years ago sort of saying, don't worry, darling, don't say and This fell off the back of a lorry. And you think, actually, there's a very good chance it might have done. But they do all sorts of things. They've got a Christmas shop. It's, it's basically old tat, isn't it? And also, you can tell, because none of their Father Christmases in any of these places look like Father Christmases. They look like maybe Netherlands Father Christmases. And it's sort of stuff, you know, it's, it's sort of really odd things. In some factory in faraway China, they're making it going, who buys this stuff? I don't see sort of people in... But they do food as well. And they've got electrical gifts and stockings and socks. Lovely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'm so sorry to inflict the Liam Payne song on you, but sung so badly. And that was multi-tracked, you know, and, you know, when you think, and I don't want to sort of, you know, keep blowing our own trumpet, but in the world of show business, there are people out there today who tonight will be singing live on stage in a musical pitch perfect all the way. And they'll do eight performances. Did you hear what Liam Payne said when he left with, with Cheryl the other day? He went, oh, I'm exhausted. I thought, I'm sorry, is this your chosen profession or do you want to go and sort of stack shelves or something? I'm so exhausted. It's like me coming in and going, oh, I'm so exhausted doing radio shows. And people go, what are you doing radio shows for then? I get really annoyed, these people. They just abuse the position and basically, you know, they're expecting you to buy the records. But at the same time, they're not willing to sort of put in the hours or something. Is it really tiring for you, Liam? Oh, doing a little television show, dear. How exhausting that must be. There's people who do television shows every day. The Loose Women, God help them, do a live show every day. I'm not totally convinced. You know, and you've got Pip and, and Holly. They do a live show. You don't think they go off and go, oh, I don't know how we manage that. You know, and there's you going, one performance. I mean, how many have you done, dear? Not exactly done a ton of them, have you? Uh, front page of The Sun, CPS probe on green, extreme porn. He said no. He said, no, there was no extreme... I don't know what... I'm, I'm going to sound a bit naive now, aren't I? I don't know what extreme porn is. Does that involve kitchen implements or something? I mean... Oh, right. Yeah, I think you better ask Lucy Berris. She might know about that. There's also something else in the paper today involving bananas that Lucy, I'm sure, will be working on for her show. We have a sex show on LBC. I can't listen to it. I find it way too depressing. <laughs> Uh, the Daily Express, the icy blast to sweet Britain. Picture of the Queen, row over 10 million of Queen's fortune. Do you think if she was really going to be doing something like that, she'd only put 10 million in? She'd be putting a lot more in than that, wouldn't she, really? Mind you, over in Saudi, they're arresting princes like there's no tomorrow. There's so much corruption over there. You wouldn't have thought there would have been, would you? I would have thought that would have been a place that, you know, as they're all so sort of terribly bound by religion and everything else, that they'd all be really good. No, makes them worse. The Times... Uh, a picture of um, a veteran car crossing Westminster Bridge in the London Brighton Run. This is for vehicles made before 1905. Many of them break down because they're just not uh, 
They're not up to it. But it's still lovely to see, and they all dressed up for it, and they all dress up in, in costume and everything. I think it's lovely. I think it's wonderful. Uh, also, Queen dragged into £10 million offshore tax row is the Daily Mail, and the Bournemouth schoolgirl 13 worth £5 million. Because she does, I think she does clothes and stuff like that. And so they're all going, that's why, <coughs> sorry, that's why she's very popular. Uh, cash secrets of the super rich. It's not, it doesn't affect us. We aren't super rich. We don't, we don't need to worry about things like that. But the Queen's £10 million tax haven scandal leaked papers reveal royal estate as offshore investments. There's probably loads of people who've got offshore in, investments. You know, also strictly fans in meltdown over biggest shock ever. Uh, there's a football pullout. I don't know. How did uh, Crystal Palace do over the weekend? Did they? Oh, dear. Let's not bother, shall we? Obviously, if the producer sighs, it means that it's not really great news. I mean, why do they bother? Why don't they just go back to they lost again? Oh, God. They need to go on to netball or something like that. It's just not working at the football malarkey, is it? <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Rich says Katie Price dies within the first five minutes of her appearance in this film. Oh, well, <laughs> there is a God, I suppose. Somebody says the uh, the friend on the Tramadol obtained the Tramadol on prescription from her GP. What, 290-odd tablets or something? How do you manage that? Obtained them legitimately, but the GP was hoodwinked. Very bad. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm agree. I don't think... I can't see anybody, actually, unless it was sort of... She was storing them or something like that. They don't just hand these things out like jelly babies, do they? Well, perhaps they do. But uh, either way, she knew... She must have known. She can't have been that stupid. She went over there. Her third court appearance, and uh, she's now worried. So they've started drumming up some support. Only 2,500 people can be bothered to even be interested in people like this who break the law. Why would you care about it? She's going over there to meet a bloke who she thinks she's married to, but he's got a Muslim wife and three children. I mean, what do you think you're doing? You know, and, and he said, oh, lovely to see you come up. Can you bring some tramadol? Because apparently it's illegal over there and so they all trade in it. So she trots out there like a good little shop girl and sort of takes tramadol to him. She must have checked. She must have checked. I mean, I don't, I don't really see why you wouldn't check something like this. If somebody asked you to do something, I'd be thinking, wait a minute. You know, if somebody asked me to say aspirin and I'd be going, can't you get aspirin in Egypt? And it's like some third world country. And they go, no. I go, well, I'm not bringing it over because it might be illegal. All you've got to do is go onto a website and find out. Uh, the Tory whips are told, reveal what you know. Oh, God, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, apparently, they were past allegations of serious misconduct at least a year ago. Uh, the investigation into the deputy PM will look at porn claims. I mean, am I being naive to think that, you know, people don't look at porn? Or is that what people go to their internet for at work? Is it, work, is it a work computer? Oh, he wouldn't be that stupid, would he? I don't know, you never know, do you? Uh, Corbyn defends giving uh, MP top job after reprimand. The Queen's personal wealth on the eye is invested in a Cayman tax haven. There's all sorts of companies you can have over there. And you, they're, they're so rich on the Cayman Islands, they probably don't know what they're doing with half of this stuff, do they? Ridiculous. I've now got the uh, the BTP dog section, because we, 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 we pr printed a picture yesterday of uh, of me with a... A lovely uh, police officer with his dog, who's a, a bomb dog. In fact, we met two of them yesterday. Two handlers, two dogs, and they were leaping. I've still got the marks from the mud all over my coat and just bought the blooming thing. But if that's what you have to put up with. But a very boisterous dog, and they were. it was really lovely. That was in Regent's Park yesterday. You'd never know. If you see somebody with a dog, you don't think, oh, that's a bomb dog, do you? Because they've got money dogs, fruit dogs, drug dogs, bomb dogs. I mean, it's, it takes quite something, doesn't it? 
quite something. Uh, the Daily Telegraph this morning, sex scandal will clear out ministers. Well, how many are there? Are they all involved in it? I mean, I hope, I mean, really. I was told the other day there was a, there was a story doing the rounds some time ago, probably about uh, a couple of years ago. It only just, only just came to light uh, when I was told something and they said, oh, you know, that somebody was talking about uh, it was involving painkillers. And I said, oh, yes, I remember that story from a long time ago. And they said, actually, it wasn't. It was cocaine addiction. And I said, you know, I read about that almost every day in the papers. I've ceased to be amazed by people on cocaine nowadays because it just seems to be everywhere. I'm just grateful I'm way too old for that kind of thing. Uh, the leak reveals that the Queen kept money in offshore accounts. I think she phoned up, it's the Queen, England. How much have I got in there? I'll put another million in. I don't think it's likely, do you? Prince Charles backs the growth of forgotten foods. Good Lord. This is foods that were once grown by the Aztecs, the Mayans and the Romans. I mean, for goodness sake, where are you going to buy that stuff? Including pigweed. It's, is it artisan? They did a thing on artisan bread in one of the papers over the weekend. I thought it was hilarious. And they were saying, basically, a lot of the supermarkets are not selling proper artisan bread. I think Tesco got one out of ten, you know, because you can spend up to ten pounds on an artisan loaf. Do you think it's got a sell-by date on it? Do you think it... Because I go to markets. Not very often, but I go to markets occasionally. And there's always bread piled high on stores. I think, wouldn't that have gone off being stuck out in the open air? Apparently not. Saudi prince has arrested an anti-corruption raid. So far... Uh, there's one here, dozens of high-ranking officials, including the billionaire prince who owns the Savoy Hotel in London and ten other royals have been arrested by the Saudi authorities. Oh, my God. All gone pear-shaped, doesn't it? Uh, also, um, Freddie Fox, as I, I always found the gay roles more enticing. He's obviously an actor. Is he part of the Fox dynasty, I suppose? I don't know. I sort of I look to the heavens for some of these answers. I never get answers like that. I always get sort of people saying that. Uh, apparently, first time it's been below zero in Basildon. Steve, is it really? Do you think so? Freddie Fox. Here we go. Freddie Fox. And um, he's actor. Oh, he's the uh, son of Edward and uh, Edward Fox and Joanna David. And so he, he goes to Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Uh, Edward Fox, his uncle is James Fox, and his cousins Jack, Lawrence and Lydia have also got... Oh, so he's part of the same thing there. That's good, isn't it? What does he look like again? I don't know what these people look like. Oh, right, that's a really awful haircut. But he, he played Oscar Wilde's young lover, Lord Alfred. Uh, he's also in the um, in Cucumber. He was uh, he played a gay character. And he obviously likes the gay characters. Obviously something meaty to get your teeth into. The Guardian this morning... Uh, Tory over, uh, sorry, questions over Tory donors' offshore tax affairs. Most of this is going over everybody's head, isn't it? We just, we're just, we don't, don't know where we're going at the moment. We don't know if we're coming or going on this stuff. More MPs, more sexual allegations, you know, and they've come from all over the place. Literally all over the place. We had a, a rower the other day who some uh, Tory whip pulled his shirt out and said, you'll go far in the Tory party. And I said on air, I'm sorry. But you don't go far if your shirt's pulled out. You really don't. It's supposed to be tucked in to make you look smart. That would be the Labour Department where they pull your shirt out. And the person was then described as a, as a pound shop Harvey Weinstein. I mean, what's that mean? It's, get, it's just getting ridiculous. It's just people bandying words around. I don't know where it's all going to finish. I, I'm just sure that by the end of this week, there's going to be more ridiculous stuff coming out. Some of which will be proven. But remember... 
They're all innocent until proven otherwise. Nobody's been charged. They've just said there are allegations. Damien Green has not been charged with allegations of porn or anything else like that. He's just saying it's not true. And until somebody... How you prove it? Well, actually, on a computer, you probably can prove it quite easily. But uh, we just have to wait. It's got to take due process. Like the girl over in Egypt. You know, was she trafficking or not? So far, she's on to her third court appearance. Obviously, they can't decide either. Anyway, that's it for this morning. Thank you for your company. Hope you wrap up warm today and for the rest of this week. There's also another reason to download the LBC iPhone app. As well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can now listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our new catch-up feature. You download the new LBC iPhone app. You click on catch-up at the bottom. Simple as that. Coming up at 10 this morning, it's James O'Brien. You can follow me, Steve Allen, on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. But coming up next, and there's a lot to talk about this morning, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.